0: Welcome to another episode of Renegade Detroit Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon, and skeptic. What is Renegade Detroit Investors, which I'll refer to as RDI? RDI is a local real estate investment and business group that meets monthly at various locations throughout Metro Detroit. This group is about networking and doing deals. This isn't your grandma's RIA. No sales from the front ever, and no smell of stale coffee, been gay, and disappointment. You know what I'm talking about. RDI is also this podcast where once a week, I meet with interesting business persons and successful business persons getting shit done, and I pick their brain for your amusement hopefully education. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a like. Share it across the internet. It really, really helps. If you have a question and or suggestions and you're not a total ass clown, please also leave a comment or send me a message. You can go to renegadedetroit.com. Yes, I realize it's outdated. If it's currently being worked on, it should be up by the end of October. And if you're interested in going to the local meetings, you can go to meetup.com forward slash Investors. or go to facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. And if you're interested in following me or you prefer to watch video, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Jeremy Burgess. And you can go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers if you'd like to watch this on YouTube. And now for our legal disclaimer, because this is America. In no way, shape, or form should anything that I say or my guests say be taken as legal and or investment advice. We highly recommend that before you make any investment and/or investment decisions, that you contact a lawyer and other licensed professionals. Be an adult. Don't sue me. Now, one of my favorite parts, the show quote for today, episode seven, the show quote. And I can't think of a better person for my guest on friend um, for this show quote. Things may come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. Abraham Lincoln. So get off your fucking ass and do some shit. Without further ado, let me introduce you to my friend, Sean Friend. I don't think that's an accident. Sean is the owner of Grass Bandits LLC, a lawn and landscaping company out of Redford, Michigan, now one of the largest in the area, but it, o- it wasn't always that way. Sean hails from a broken family, single mom working all the time, gangs, drugs, and he had to drop out of high school or out of eighth grade to go get a job to take care of himself he worked a series of hard labor jobs the last of which was working with asphalt he started his first business in 2002 also a lawn business but it failed due to many bad decisions one of which was drugs the asphalt company went out of business in 2005 i would say fortunately right Yeah, yeah definitely good and he had a choice with a wife and two kids he could go find another job or he can start his dream and go start another company so eight years later eight hard years i know later grass Bandits now has 370 counts eight employees and a piece of commercial real estate sean has also bird dogged several real estate deals he's wholesaled several real estate deals and he bought a commercial building on seller financing in the near future he is looking to buy apartments and trailer parks as he, has, as he furthers his real estate career. You should definitely follow him. He's not much of a social media person, but hit him up at grassbandits.com. That's grassbandits.com. Or give his office a call at 313-279-530. What? five five three seven zero. I don't know why I put that in on. So 313 279 five three seven zero if you're watching this on youtube you should be able to see it welcome sean thanks
1: thank you thanks for having
0: me all right so you got kind of a rough start in life so i mean i don't i don't think anybody dreams about necessarily starting a lawn company or or doing anything like that but that but that's kind of what happened you had to go you had to go get a job and rough start in life made you think about things differently um what was early childhood like and um how did you how did you eventually get to the decision that this is something you need to do
1: well early childhood um i thankfully i had very good grandparents that uh, t- <clears throat> taught me taught me a lot helped me along the way taught me to be a good person and i did have a rough rough life growing up as a kid You know, a lot of people have rough, probably even more, much rougher than I do, but, um, you know, you, you just deal with deal with the cards that are dealt with you, and, and luckily I was able to get out of that, and I met my beautiful wife, which really helped me get out of my situation and on better things. A good woman definitely makes everything better. So, you were originally
0: from Redford, right, or were you from Detroit? Where'd Redford. Redford. Quartering uh, no Detroit. Yeah. So, you get in all, all kinds of trouble as a kid, join a couple dumb at working with some i don't know what gang shit were you doing selling some drugs yeah i know you probably don't want to talk about this talk about it anyway
1: yeah little little drugs a little little bit of uh you know stealing people's bikes breaking into people's cars you know it was was pretty much petty stuff i was i was young thought i was tough you know yeah
0: no supervision
1: oh no no i started leaving the house at uh probably 12 13 running away and yeah kind of did whatever i wanted
0: didn't you move out at one point where you just Yeah, it's
1: fourteen I moved to Brightmore, which is yeah. a rough neighborhood in Detroit. Yeah, for those listening who
0: don't, don't know where Brightmore is, it's not as bad as it used to be, but it actually used to be one of the worst areas in Detroit, Brightmore. It's kinda northwest Detroit, a little south. It's kind of smashing between um, Grand River and ninety six. It's not a very good uh, it's not a very good neighborhood.
1: Yeah, yeah. You learn a lot if you uh live in areas like that. Um, luckily, I was able, to, again, luckily, I was able to get out of it because a lot of people, unfortunately, don't. I've yeah. um, seen a lot of good friends. Well, thought they were good friends at the time. We partied a lot together anyway, so they've either made their way to jail or most of them's died.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that the longer, the longer I live, the more my old friends are not doing as well. And it's something that sobers me up a lot, it makes me work really hard when I see what happens to a lot of people so a lot of the people you grew up with did not choose to start businesses and improve their lives and, and things of that nature what do you think considering how rough your start was what do you think prompted you to change your life or start heading i know you probably didn't say i'm going to go do all this maybe you did i don't know but at some point you're like whoa this is crazy i can't keep doing this was it when you met your wife or kids? Or, or what What that look like? What Do you remember yeah. that decision?
1: Well, well, as you mentioned earlier, I dropped out of school at a young age and started uh, working, which um, eighth grade, I was, I think, 15 when I dropped out of school. And my first job was roofing, and I did that for a couple of years, tearing off roofs. Major, you know, hard-laboring jobs. That's really hard labor. Yeah, and I've, I've worked with a couple lawn companies. I've did some construction-type work. And, and when you're young, you, you can't get legitimate jobs so you end up working for assholes that want to rip you off and screw you over and uh, after you do that a few times you just start I I just for me anyways I started thinking there's got to be something better I I can do what these guys do there's really no reason why I can't and uh, when I was 21 I bought my first lawnmower and started mowing grass for myself like Jeremy said earlier I was partying a lot still did more partying than working with my company the first the first two years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 21, I remember being that young and dumb. I'm not surprised at all. I'm actually kind of impressed you started a company at 21 because I wasn't doing anything good at 21. I can, I can tell you that. But th- your first attempt, so you started your first company at 21, you've already met your wife, right?
1: No, not yet. Well, my wife is um, a family friend, so I've known my wife uh, my whole life. She's five years younger than me. She was friends with my sister. It was my mom so you were just friends we, we were just friends, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: at some point though
1: yeah we were just friends it was about two years after I started the first company um, we we hooked up started dating that happened really quick we you know within three months of us dating I knew she was the one I talked her into having my child, which she didn't want to at first, but she gave <laughs> in I'm persistent when I want something I, I just go after it you know hundred percent yeah yeah, yeah. and um so she talked me into to giving up the business and going back into the union because we had the kid come in and wanted insurance and all this great stuff that the union the company that I was paying working for wasn't even paying into the insurance. So i seen it doesn't really matter what union, non-union, it doesn't matter. Working for somebody, you're leaving your faith in the control of, of other people, which, you know, sometimes you can get lucky and, and work for somebody that's a really good person. My experience is most people I worked for were just douchebags and didn't care about the little people, which is their workers.
0: Or if one thing goes wrong and they go out of business, there goes your fucking retirement, right? Yeah. Your insurance. As you said, you weren't even paying into insurance?
1: Yeah, I had to pay it out of my own check, so. Bullshit. Yeah, Yeah. i seen the company was going under, so I just told, well, I tried a different company throughout the winter doing insulating, insulating homes. I actually hated it. It was the worst job I ever did. So I grabbed my lawnmower that following spring and was waiting for Ajax Pavement Company to call me, which is a huge company. But uh, I grabbed my lawnmower and started mowing lawns. Got about 40 accounts, 50 accounts my first year, and talked my wife into letting me try my crazy dream with a new mortgage and a new child and all this other bills, and it, it was tough. It was real tough. But when you want something, you just don't give up on it.
0: Yeah, and that was 2005, right? um yeah
1: it would have been just summer of 2004 i believe yeah 2005 2005
0: yeah you were sean's yard maintenance back then right
1: yeah sean's yard
0: maintenance yeah because i want to make sure i know he's grass bandits now but there's actually a great story behind that that we'll get to so but when you started back up in 2005 and you're like you know what i'm going for it you talked your wife into it and you got 40 accounts so that first year was it just you
1: just me, I mean, I did everything. Uh, my wife didn't help me in the office she didn't she she didn't she supported me a little bit but not with help. She just supported me by well no she told me a lot to go get a real job the first couple of years. yeah <laughs> it's tough when you uh, can't afford bills and and you just have this dream and you're trying to get someone else to believe in it it's It's tough to get them to believe in it luckily, she stuck by my side.
0: Yeah. Well, there's also, I found that there's a gap between when you decide to do something and when the results roll in, that you kind of have to survive that that in-between period until you're, I don't know, I kind of look at it like the life you're currently living is a culmination of the life you've lived in the past. Yeah. So when you start making new decisions, it takes time for those new, better decisions to show up in your life, and your life sucks for a period of time while you're doing this stuff, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. It sucked uh, It sucked a lot the first probably four or five years of trying to start the business. Ooh, that long, huh? Yeah, you you, you know, the money was just tight. We were always, I borrowed money for payroll, borrowed money to feed my family. It's a lot of fighting and arguing when when you're that broke with the wife, new kid. I know exactly
0: how that goes. Not new kid, but being that broke with the wife. That does not lead to many nice dinner conversations.
1: No, no, I was putting in, I don't know, an average of 60 to 80 hours a week and we were only able to pay myself for like 30 hours of, of that work at maybe 15 bucks an hour. So it was tough. It yeah, was really you were tough.
0: rolling in a lot. I've, I've watched you for a long time. I, see, I have the benefit of having watched you for a while. You put a lot of equity into your company. You were always reinvesting in your company, as, as far back as I can remember, too.
1: You know, when I first got into this, you always you, you try to seek out to find mentors. And in the real estate world, it's, it's a lot easier than what it is in the lawn business world um, in the real estate, you meet people with open arms they're, they're willing to share and help and bounce ideas. In the lawn world, it's totally different. Um, I started trying to meet and other owners and talking and getting advice. And the one guy that gave me advice is some, an uh, ex boss of mine. His advice to me was, um, wait for the toys, put your money back into your business. And then, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Great big tree starts a little seed at the time, it just pissed me off that he was yeah. telling me that shit, because <laughs> it was no real help at the time to me. No. It took me a few years, and I actually did go back to him and thank him for that advice, because it was probably some of the best advice I got is, you know, getting started. You know, it's things you know, but you're not thinking about it. You're in the midst of just trying to make as much money as you can. And
0: I didn't know any of that shit. I thought I was just going to get to the end and... Like, I'll get going, all this money will roll in and all that stuff. And that's not always how it works. No,
1: no. My goal uh, was to cut one yard an hour. That was, I, you know, and I don't suggest starting businesses the way I did. My, you really should get a business plan and talk it out. But uh, again, I was just waiting for a better opportunity to come when I first started it. So my goal, my whole business plan that I sold to my wife was to cut one yard an hour. That was my, That was my business plan. I didn't really think about the four hours a night of garage work, getting the equipment ready for the next day, and shit I didn't think about any down. of that.
0: Yeah, shit, lot shit breaks down, you got to fix it. Oh yeah, gas to get there.
1: Yeah, well, customers not
0: paying. Oh, Bastards. lots of that. Yeah,
1: yeah, bad billing systems will kill a business, uh, and we almost we almost did get to that point later on in our you know into our venture, but. Uh,
0: yeah, billing, boy, that, that, that's a, I don't want to get too far ahead, but yeah, I, I remember I remember some of that. So how at what point, because you said you were waiting for better opportunities, so you're waiting for this Ajax asphalt to basically call you back and, with this get-rich-union job, right? In the meantime, you're putting together 40 accounts, trying to mow a lawn an hour, not realizing it's also going to be about four hours a night in the shop fixing shit, too, unless you can afford new stuff. Do you remember when you said just is it because Ajax never called? Or you just no, no. said, No, I'm not just gonna do it, you know?
1: No, my um uh, I had an old foreman at the other company I worked for, he had went to Ajax, he said he'd try to get me in there. And anybody I've ever worked for would take me back in a second because I just I knew how to work hard, so that's what I did. I worked hard. And um, he actually did call me. It was about two months into the summer. And I just had the passion to work for myself. I had I had you know, I just wanted to do it. And I talked my wife into uh let me do it i told her ajax called but i think that we should stick with this and try it and thank god she had my back on it yeah how'd Still that had
0: conversation to... go i had to be that was a cell of your life right there oh
1: yeah it was tough it your was, wife's it
0: was... like a, a tornado i would say <laughs> you don't want to be on her on the wrong side of that
1: no no you sure don't and trust me i've been on the wrong side quite a few times yeah. it's not fun
0: <laughs> we'll be into you if you're on the wrong side of that so how did you sell her on that you was like look i'm doing this i'm doing that use numbers emotion
1: what i guess emotion i just really had the passion to want to work for myself i didn't i didn't understand the numbers and i didn't even understand business when i first got going i knew how to cut grass and work hard that's what i knew how to do and it was a big learning curve and like i said she didn't help me i had to on top of the the work in the garage i spent countless hours trying to set up the QuickBooks, which I, I hate and glad I don't have to do no more. My I wife takes care shit. of all that stuff for me yeah. now. She didn't step in and really start helping until uh, she mentioned something about getting a job. And I, had, I said, well, you know, well, I lost about $10,000 or more this year um, doing 180 accounts. We got up to that amount after about three years. And uh, I said, you know, I'm losing a lot of money. If you step up and help, you know, there, there's your pay right there. So that's what... Kind of that. That's how I sold her on helping me. Yeah, get her in the collections. <laughs> I, I would to...
0: not want Alicia coming after me for money. I would just pay. I'm gonna straight up tell you now. I just pay. <laughs>
1: yeah, and and like Jeremy was saying, she is a really tough cookie. I yeah. I was scared to hand the phone over to her because I thought she was gonna scare all my customers away. <laughs> She is serious,
0: 100%. Well, I understand. Basically, they're stealing money from your family. I'm not going to be nice about that either, you know?
1: I'll tell you, when you're having a, a small business and you're, you you have money owed to you, you, you know, I have these lawn accounts and I'm mowing and, and I have money owed to me and, and here we are in the middle of summer and I'm broke. You, you really get some, some thoughts in your head like, hmm, that guy had a nice patio furniture set. It would look real nice in my backyard, you know? <laughs> oh, that guy had a nice grill, you know? I want to get my money. So you start to have all these really... You're gonna take the
0: collect oh, yeah. part of collections very seriously. Very serious. I'm gonna go collect your yard, your yard <laughs> shit. It's mine now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it well, does has
0: my name on it.
1: Yeah, and it, it doesn't matter when you're in business. It does. I was in Franklin Village, which for this area is a really, really rich area, and uh, you get ripped off in every area. It doesn't matter. Detroit, you can be out in the best suburbs. Galore. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: And then you bring in Alicia, and that's the end of that.
1: Yeah. Well, it helped a little bit. We New still we, systems too, right? We were still losing a lot until we ended up buying Grass Bandits. That's when my that's when the business changed for me. Um, I met the previous owner of Grass Bandits, and he gave me a lot of good advice, which I was trying to switch and implement a lot of what he was telling me. And then he came to me and called me up one one winter and um, offered offered to sell his company to me.
0: Yeah, how how did that happen? That's uh, that, I think that's a good story. So. You were so from 2005 to
1: 2009 I'm going I to say 2009? it was 10 was it 2010 10? or 11 2000? when So when, for
0: 5 years you were Sean's yard maintenance. Yeah. And you did buy up several other smaller. small companies. Yeah.
1: Which taught me a lot about buying companies. Yeah, let's talk
0: about that. Let's talk about buying companies because you, you're one of the few people I know have actually bought some companies. They're yeah. small companies, but you bought them.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so my second or third year, my wife had inherited some money because she, she's younger than me. So when she turned 21, she had inherited some money from her dad passing when she was younger. And I don't know how I did it, but I talked her into buying me some equipment with her money. Some, she bought me some trucks and plows and I... Somehow talked her into putting her money into our company. I told her that was the best investment for her money, was to invest in me. I would say
0: you were correct, sir.
1: (laughs) It has paid paid off. It has paid off. Thank God I was correct, because it might not have ended. We might not be together if I would have spent her money and not gave her back a return. Yeah.
0: Thanks for your money, babe, but
1: I lost it all. (laughs) I lost it all.
0: So you're buying up companies, smaller companies. How are you you finding them to buy up, or, or...?
1: You just you just get out there and I, I, I'm a people person, so I, whenever I see other lawn companies, especially smaller ones, I would always try and talk to them. And like I said, I was trying to get advice and learn and pay attention to what other people were doing. And you yeah, know, I I have good people skills. I got the talking, and they they come to me. They really just came to me. You know, they seen what I was trying to do. And uh, the first company I bought was American Lawn Care. I think I gave them 11 grand for it. Well, actually, I traded them my truck at the time. I had a nice truck. So I traded my truck and a few grand, and we've got all trailers and a truck and some equipment from them and a book of accounts. That was my first mistake, buying the accounts like that. But you learn as you go. Okay,
0: So, so... It was like
1: about 90 accounts, and after, you know, I remember the one house I showed up, I have tattoos on my arms, and I showed up to this one old lady's house to cut the grass I'm knocking on her door and I see her. She comes to the window and she, she looks out the window at me and she's shaking her head no. And I'm like, well, I'm here to cut the grass. You know, I bought it from so-and-so. She just kept shaking her head no. I think it was my tattoo scared her, so. I've had that happen several times. You, you know, and you can't, you can't get them all, but.
0: So $11,000 for 90 accounts. that what Turned out
1: that? to be about 25. Oh, wow. And I still mow all, all the 25. I still mow. And that was, that was a good eight years ago, I think now, when I bought that company. We still mow all of them, except for maybe a couple that's moved. We don't lose too many accounts. When you're in the service business... You You paid
0: $440 per account. Have you got it out yet?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, Definitely, yeah.
0: So that was the first company you bought. How would you buy the next one?
1: Well, the next one was a buddy of mine who the very first year gave me 20 accounts because he wanted to go be a fisherman. He he watched the... wanted to go out and fish in the ocean and catch lobster and stuff so he gave me like 20 accounts or so and i was able to keep them then he came back and he stole a few back from me (laughs) we almost got in a flight at the gas station he's actually a really good friend of mine now but i'm sure if he wow i didn't
0: know that so he gave it to you then he came back so i guess his fishing dreams didn't work out
1: well he came back um to be with his mom his mom was having some problems so he came back to take care of her and he, took, he he got some of them back from me, and then he built up, and he built up and got up to about 80 accounts in the next two or three years, and then um, his mom had passed on, and he decided he was going fishing again, so he called me up and said, man, I just need enough money to get me back to Gloucester, and um, I gave him a couple grand for just the accounts, and by the time I was done weeding through them, we ended up with about 40 accounts. That's a much better, so this time you got more accounts for a couple grand, so couple getting grand. better
0: at buying lawn companies now. Yeah. Yeah, just consuming them. All right. How many did you buy before you uh, got to Grass Bandits?
1: You know, I had about 20 my first year. And then my buddy gave me 20, and another buddy gave me 15. He just couldn't do it, he quit. And then I bought American Lawn Care, which put us up to 70. And then we bought that other guy. So I, I, I had about, before I bought Grass Bandits, I had 180 accounts. And I probably bought a good 120 of them. Mm,
0: that's a good that's a smart growth so you were out pressing the flesh and just networking with other lawn care owners yeah and just trying to make opportunities happen
1: yeah and as things started getting better for me when I when I would meet other new lawn care owners smaller companies I'd always try to give advice and encourage and I've had I think I had two other small companies call me up one day and they said they were done and they just gave them to me because they were done and I kept trying to give them advice and I was trying to encourage them not to go not to give up and when they were ready they just gave them to me yeah that's kind of sad
0: it is sad when people give up on their dreams the only thing i could think of is maybe they just weren't cut out
1: for it or i hate to
0: think like that it's not
1: for everybody it is hard really really hard sometimes
0: yeah so first five years you were sucking when though right like reinvesting a lot of money back into your company and employees and when did you hire your first employee
1: um i my first year i hired my first employee um about oh, two months into the season so i was up to about 60 accounts and it was a lot to try to do by myself i was obviously uh you know now my goal was to try to do two houses an hour so i figured there's two of us we can do two an hour i still had no business plan I
0: still had, that is a business plan it's just not a very good one <laughs> it's just not a very good one yeah yeah but obviously it worked well enough, so, now, so you went from, okay, one lawn per hour Sean's business but I hire someone, two, two lawns, lawns per hour. hour. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's some magic in those numbers, though. Yeah, it's you knew the it's, math would work if you could you, get him to do it, right?
1: Yeah, I was good at adding money, so I was, I was able to add that up pretty quickly. Uh, it was slow. Employees was another tough, very, very tough subject, especially in the labor industry. I, I don't know how the rest of the world works, but in the labor industry labors are tough i think what's helped me with labors is working for assholes i treat my guys really really good i pay them good give them bonuses we do company trips now um the third guy i ever hired which was the end of my first year beginning of my second year still works for me to this day okay that's like a long-term employee right there yeah he's he's been with me 10 years now this i think this season we've been doing a 11. So yeah, that first year I must have hired him the end of the season.
0: Well, you do some things differently too. Like uh, you put them on the payroll, you make sure they get unemployment in the winter. Like you do some stuff that costs you a shit ton of money that most other uh, lawn care owners won't do. And I, I guess that's your attempt to try and retain quality employees.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what made it tough for me at the beginning. After the second year of him working for me, he's a bigger guy. And I remember that that winter, the second winter, he had lost like 40 pounds his money he didn't have no money I didn't have no money to give him it was we were broke so after that I, I the very next season I started payroll just so he could have some kind of income coming in during the winter oh that was nice of you
0: it appears to work because you've kept him the whole time right yeah he's a pretty valuable employee
1: yeah real valuable to me yeah worth keeping
0: so how how did you end up buying grass bandits I, I know some of the story but 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 how did that happen?
1: Well, grass bandits would have never happened for me if I didn't, I, you know, I always had a passion for real estate. Well, not always, but after business started getting a little better, I, I, I um, was losing the house. My first house we bought, we were losing it. I decided to lose it because the area had dropped so bad. Strategic. So
0: this is, forever, so this is
1: 2007, 2008, right? Yeah, when the market crashed here yeah. in Detroit. I've seen the values around me. The house across the street sold for 10500 bucks. I did quick math. I'm like, oh, that's one year's worth of house payments.
0: And you owed how much on your house
1: 96000 Yeah, that's completely upside down. Yeah. Bank wouldn't work with me. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening understand. <laughs> they dealt with the same thing I was dealing with. I just, uh, I don't know, maybe because I didn't finish school, I didn't care about all this other problems that... <laughs> doing it 100% right. And I just knew that what was right for me was to give the house back to the bank. And uh, I had talked to a buddy of mine that loaned me some money. I gave him gave him a good return for for the amount he loaned me. And I cashed out a house. It took me about a year and a half to pay him back. And that that sparked my interest in real estate. And then I started going online and, and Googling real estate, you know, reading some books. And I started Googling uh, real estate clubs and I seen this one club called Renegade Detroit Investor. I'm like, wow, that sounds cool. Who's this
0: crazy fuck, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I watched a couple videos of him. And at the time, he looked real crazy. He had this long, crazy hair and was. even crazier looking beard dude me. i had you know?
0: a beard like i just came out of the mountains <laughs> i think at the time like i had a i think i had a beaver hat too i don't know what i was doing i was
1: he cussed a lot on the honda on the, on the uh, videos and i'm like man this guy's fucking awesome I, I, <laughs> you know so, one
0: fan here we go you met him you yeah i, I
1: went to i i had, it's funny because I, I told my wife i said we're gonna go to this meeting you know and i had my my six, thirty bucks or whatever it cost to go to that one meeting and right before i went to the meeting i had sold a, a plow part which gave me I think like 400 bucks so I walked in the door and just paid for the whole season I'm like that's it I'm I'm paying for the whole season this way I'm forced to go every meeting if I wouldn't have done that I don't know if I would have went back for the second one Um, but I did and I went back and I met some good people there and I met the owner the old owner of Grass Bandits and we started talking about lawn companies realized we both were in the same area with our companies we actually had a joke uh ongoing joke until he won the joke (laughs) 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 on who was going to um you know we were going to play some card game and who was going to take uh over get out of the lawn business first he beat me to it he's doing he's doing well real well
0: he is you're doing pretty well though with your lawn business and so from my perspective i didn't know you from adam or if you just came into the meeting gina it's the only time this has ever happened still to this day Nobody else has ever done this, by the way.
1: I still can't believe that. I know. It just,
0: you, you would never think. So it used to be at RDI, it was $25 a meeting. There was food. Now it's free. There is no food. It's a completely different format. But at the time, there was a speaker. $25 covered the cost of the food and some of the other costs, renting the venue, and whatnot. And Sean Friend came and signed up for a membership, not even never having attended a single meeting.
1: Never. Not one meeting. Not
0: one. And what we always did was say, hey, come to the first meeting, and if you like it at the end of the meeting, you can buy a membership, and we'll credit the $25 towards your membership. And then we offer discounts to sign up for, to sign your wife up, or your spouse up. Yep. To, and, and Sean basically said, fuck all that, and just signed up.
1: Yep, both of us.
0: And that's actually the day we became friends, because nobody's still, I still can't believe nobody else has ever done that. You just came and did it. Gina came and told me, he's like, you told me that the first time somebody did this to come and tell you because you wanted to meet them. And that was, was that, eight years of Renegade Detroit Investors, and you're still the only person who did that. <laughs> so that's how we became friends. Yes. So you met the previous owner of Grass Bandits actually at... A renegade Detroit investor meeting and actually how you bought the company too is pretty interesting how did you structure
1: that you, you know I, I can't take the credit not all of it it, it was a mutual thing and Jesse um, the, the previous owner had, had called me up one winter I, you know, I was listening to, he I think he did this on purpose he, he made this book on on uh, do's and don'ts and how to get this lawn business going needless to say he has not sold one copy of the book except for to me for 20 bucks which happened to be just a few months before he called me and sold me his company. Then so I think it was strategic. well planned. It was well. Good planned.
0: job, Jesse, if you're listening. That's, that's the way to sell right there. I'll it was well one.
1: It was well planned, but he he he's very very smart guy. Um, the systems he had set up made perfect sense. You know, one of our conversations, he asked me, you know, how you know we get to talking about businesses. How do you do your billing? I'm like, oh, you know, same way everyone else does. You know, I mow all month and I send them a bill and I hope they pay me. And uh, he said, "Yeah, oh, you know So, what are you, you? You're a bank. You're giving out a line of credit. You're getting uh, um, some interest on them." And that, that made me think. You know, when he said that that phrase right there, it made me think. I'm like, "Wow, you know, I'm not a bank. Why am I giving everybody a line of credit?" Hashtag real talk.
0: Silly, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was an eye opener, to say the least. And it, without that advice, whether I would have bought grass bandits or not, I was I was full speed ahead on trying to learn as much as trying to learn as much from Jesse as I could because his, his, the way he ran his business was just the smartest I've seen as far as lawn business went. So I, I just started trying to pick his brain. I took him out to lunch. was asking questions. And um, yeah, he sold me that book for 20 bucks. Thanks, Jesse. Well 20, worth it.
0: Twenty dollars well spent.
1: I feel like I might owe you a little bit more, but maybe I'll just do lunch.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Qdoba lunch too. Let's not get crazy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, he called me up that winter and said he was thinking about getting out and he wanted to do real estate full time. So we had a few meetings back and forth and um, came to good terms that I thought made. Good sense, financing terms.
0: You you basically took like real you two you and Jesse took real estate seller financing and applied it to a company and you purchased it on seller financing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was the most expensive company I ever bought, and I got no equipment out of the deal. Um, I gave them fifty grand, and all I got was his customers, which at the time was about one hundred and sixty. A really good website, the name and character of course, which which I just loved. I love it. No one asks where's Sean or who's Sean the no more it's just great have him your name and your company is a dumb it's, idea yeah it's not a good idea I did idea. the same
0: thing in the beginning it's I don't know why we just want to put our name on everything yeah it's like the male version uh, uh, peeing on things you know like <laughs> a dog is like I put my name on it's mine
1: yeah <laughs> I remember when I went down and got my DBA I bought a lawnmower from this guy right before that when I very first started and the name of the company was Jared Yard Maintenance so I, I'm like yeah I'm going to start a business and I go down to get my DBA and I'm standing there and she's like I gave no thought to nothing. She says, well, what do you want the name of your company to be? I'm like, uh, uh, Sean Jard Maintenance. (laughs) (laughs) Done. Done,
0: yeah. well, you know what? It's available. Why waste all that time thinking about a name?
1: Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was going to work at the time. I just wanted to go mow grass. That's
0: true. Of course, you didn't know you were going to buy a great name later, but Grass Bandits is a great
1: name. What a great great URL, too. Yeah. The phone number. I got the phone number, the website.
0: Grassbandits.com. 313-279-5370. Great name. Grass Bandits is a great name. Great yeah. URL.
1: Great. And great and, branding, too. Great branding. Uh, we, kids point us out. I mean, you hear people talking about the character. Um, our slogan on the side of the truck says, We'll rob you of your outdoor hassles, which Love came that. from Jesse. You know, a lot you. of people point that rob out. Rob
0: you of your outdoor hassles. I, I feel like I, you need to come mow my lawn. <laughs> Except you won't do Detroit anymore, which I don't blame you. Full of hood rats and stealing and all that stuff, but so you you seller financed his company. It's all paid off now, right?
1: Yeah, so with the billing system I got from him, which we were trying to implement, um anyways, the billing system the way the way we bill now is we don't do no monthly billing. We don't give out a line of credit at all. Um we we send out letters to all of our customers in the spring. They can either they have three options. Technically two options, but we, we call it three. So they can prepay in advance for the whole season and receive a 7% discount on their lawn service. Or there's an upsell column where they can prepay for the lawn, an aeration, overseed, and a gutter cleaning. They get a 10% discount. Um, or if they don't want to want to or can't afford to prepay, we they would have to give us a credit card or a bank account info. And after every second cut we automatically charge their account. So we don't wait for money no more. We don't give, they get a small line of credit. Very small. But you have
0: their credit card. Yes. Yeah, that's a way to do it, man. That's, I remember when you did that, you were so
1: happy. Were oh.
0: Like, this is one season, they owe, your customers like screwed you out of like five grand or something. Well, it was something ridiculous. It, it was
1: the season before we bought Grass Bandits. Um, we were managing 180 accounts, my wife and I. And and I said, like I said in the thing earlier, we were getting ripped off before my wife taught me. And, she made things a little bit better, but we still got ripped off that last year for about ten grand ten grand the following year um i we had met with Jesse, and we gave him th- basically he's he's a genius, you know I, I just I can't talk him up enough just because he's helped me so much. He had me send out the same letters to my customers, and I think we brought in almost twenty grand in prepay money that first year, which I thought was amazing. I thought we were going to lose a ton money. That of is customers. amazing yeah. We had, I mean, all of a sudden, we went from this company that did billing with no terms and conditions, no real structure. We just were out mowing grass, you know. And and then uh, over winter, we sent out these letters to our customers, and there's terms and conditions, season startup packages. It's like, all right, we're we're a company now, you know. And Jesse did the same for his customers, and and I I did come to the table with some good ideas from buying out the other customers. I had told Jesse, you know, we need to put some type of letter together for your customers saying that Sean's Yard Maintenance and Grass Bandits is merging, because what I had found is when you take over customers from other companies, a lot of the customers are not necessarily 100% about the quality, they just might like the person. So I lost a lot of accounts just because I was was not Mike or I wasn't Jesse. So when Jesse put that, we we put that ladder together, it helped us keep just about every customer that he had. That's smart. The first two to six months, we're pulling up in Shawn Jarred maintenance trucks, grass maintenance truck. They didn't know. They just thought we were all one company now, and they thought Jesse was still involved. But after they seen our quality and seen that we were coming, and seen the you know friendliness of me and the people that were working for me, it, we started telling them as they they were asking questions. We were letting people know. So along you planned
0: the, the transition too?
1: Yeah, that that was kind of more my, my idea, the transition part.
0: Didn't from want, from yeah, didn't
1: want to lose all those customers. Yeah, so you bought out
0: those other. You were learning the whole time.
1: You yeah, know? that's a lot of money to uh, put out to just lose the customers. except I wasn't getting no equipment out of the deal this time. It was just the the, the name, the structure, and, and the accounts. Like a
0: brand, a URL, billing systems, and
1: all the accounts. Yeah,
0: for fifty grand,
1: yeah, financed. Well, Jesse had kept the um, prepay money from his customers that first year as my down payment, which. I Think was about twenty-seven, twenty-eight thousand, and then I gave them another two thousand to get it up to thirty grand as a down payment, and, and then the very next spring when I sent out the prepay letters to, now they were one batch to all of our customers, which at that time we were up to about, let's see, we had one eighty, so we were up to about three hundred and twenty, three hundred forty yards a week we were doing, so we sent out our letters to everybody, and that second year we brought in. I think we brought in around fifty-five thousand in prepay money combined. Wow! So giving them his twenty grand was pretty easy. It was—it was a challenge the first year, yeah, though. The first year
0: was tight, though. Wasn't it was it? a
1: challenge because uh, there was thirty grand on the table that was gone before the season even started, and I still had payroll. You know, you, you if you're gonna do a move like that, you, you better be real disciplined with your money. And you always have to have payroll, or the machine stops. It stops. That's they're like dead in the water. It's like run out of gas. Well, funny story on the payroll thing. I think that's why Chris still works for me. Um, Uh, Early on when I was still paying him cash, my wife called me one day and I'm like, yeah, I need X amount of dollars for Chris, you know, run to the bank, grab it for me. She calls me back. I can't get in the truck. We had junkies vehicles, you know, I can't get in the truck. The key's not working. Chris was sitting next to me in the truck. I said, break the fucking window and go get him his money. He worked all week. You better have his money when I get home. And uh, maybe that earned his respect. I'm not sure. I, I try to be a really good guy, too, so. But well, payroll's yeah. always been number one. I mean, I've, I've always paid my payroll. My employees have always been paid. I would be behind on mortgage payments and whatever I had to be behind on. But the people that work for me always got paid every week, no matter what. Yeah, that's probably why he's still there. Yeah, you have to pay your help. Without help, it's just you. Yeah, how many
0: lawn care companies stiff their help or make them wait an extra
1: week or some shit I like that? see it all yeah. the time. Companies have been in business for 20 years. they me asking me questions already. Oh, how do you you have the same guys come back every year? I have to hire a new guy. You're a douchebag. Yeah. Treat your guys better. Put them on payroll. Quit nickel and diming them. Take them out to lunch. Take them on a company trip. You know, we went uh, canoeing this year. Chris said, hey, I'm going to put a company or put a canoe trip together. We're all going to go. I said, oh, sounds great. I'll tell you guys what. I'll pay for all the canoes and everything. And we went. It was a few hundred bucks, and we had a great time. And. That yep. would be
0: fun. So that's that's part of your employee retention program as well as company trips, company lunches. Yeah, or
1: just, you know, and not that we have a lot of company lunches because I don't see them and the crews all separate. But you know, I'll hand out some lunch money. You know, hand every, flip a twenty spot to the guys here and there, and it really goes a long way. I always tell them thanks. You always show appreciation. Um, the guys that don't deserve the appreciation, we just get rid of real quick. Yeah, we just get rid of them. They just yeah, we, we don't keep them around. And that because I treat everybody so well. Um, the guys that work for me, I, I don't have to keep those people around.
0: Well, it's like spoiled food too. You don't want to keep them around and start spoiling everything else too. Yeah, but get rid of them.
1: Just get yeah. rid of them right away. We we used to try to give them a couple of weeks. I give them a day or two now. I've, this year we went through a couple of guys right at the beginning of the season because we started a new crew, trying to find that right guy, and uh, we just cut them off. If, you know, they say they know what they're doing. They come in. We could tell on the first day that they don't know what they're doing. We just cut them off. Yeah, this isn't this isn't for you. You know, I don't have this time. This isn't to... for
0: you. Hire slow, fire fast. Yeah, sink that's or swim. It. Yeah, better have a good attitude. So, I know part of what started you down this journey is at some point you you wanted to get out of debt. You just completely wanted to get out of debt, and you I can't remember what program it was or whatever.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, the lawn, the lawn business was going. You know, I'm like, yeah, we're making all this money, you know, after about three years. And I went and finance this big diesel truck for me to drive, which was stupid. And, you know, I'm financing and maxing out credit cards. And what my turning point was uh, my compressor had broke. So I grabbed my son and threw him in the truck. And I'm like, all right, we're going to Home Depot. And I didn't even tell my wife. I'm, saying, I'm going to Home Depot. I need a compressor. So I go up there and I fill out the credit application for 300 bucks to get a compressor. Denied. Boy, was I pissed. I jumped back in the truck. We're driving home. The stupid John commute, And it's not stupid. At the time, I thought it was because it was on the radio all the time. John Commuta, transforming debt the wealth system. Yeah. I pull over. And my son was starting to talk, you know, kind of well. And uh, he's like, what are you doing, Dad? I'm like, quiet. <laughs> I get on the phone. Mind you, I'm broke. Can't even afford a compressor. So what do I do? I get on the phone. I use my credit card. And I spend $400 on this system. <laughs> <laughs> I know you might be thinking, well, why didn't you just get a compressor? Because my wife would have killed me if I would have used that card for that. So I bought this system, something, you know, I knew she wasn't going to see right away. <laughs> then it shows Sneaking up at the it house. In. Yeah. yeah.
0: How'd that go when it showed up at the house?
1: Oh, uh, she was mad. She was even mad at the fact that it showed up at the house. And I kind of opened the box up and looked. And I'm like, wow, it's a lot to read. There's a lot in here. And I kind of set it aside for about a month or two. Oh, w- man. Oh, yeah, she was not happy. You probably didn't hear the end of that. Oh, it took a yeah, she was not happy at all. But they kept calling, the, the system, you know, uh, that I ordered, and they, they kept calling, how's it going, how's it going? After like three or four times them calling, asking how it's going, I finally told the person on the phone, to be honest with you, I haven't even checked it out, and that day I sat down, opened the book up, and I read a couple pages, and it just hit, it, it caught my interest. That night I sat down and read more than half the book the first night. The next day I got up and finished the book. Then I went, then the CDs were the same as the book, so I, in the car I was listening to the CDs, I was just, I just embedded it into my head, you know, it, it just made, I'm telling you, most of this shit is common sense. Well,
0: it's common sense if you come from, I, I have this similar problem too. If you have good parents, because it's not like school teaches you any of this shit, right, yeah, it's nothing. really all on your parents. How, how do you How do you manage debt and how do you finance debt? What are the important things to do? It's common sense if you come from a good family where you talk about these things. Otherwise, it's not common sense at all, is it? You had to be taught how to do this stuff.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Because like you know, like you said, you learn a lot from your parents, and I learned how to party. Yeah, a lot from that my parents. <laughs> it doesn't pay bills. It doesn't pay bills. A lot of fun during time. my partying years, yeah. you know. I mean, I learned how to party hard, you know. So, but um, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't learn, you don't learn it. So. The, the information I got out of there for whatever reason it just hit me so I sat down I started doing the, the work and I'm working out the numbers and my wife's always been good with money and not spending it and me I I get money and just want to spend it so you know I really wanted her to listen to it and she's like I already know how to do manage money and she's right she does and finally I got her to step into it a little bit which really helped us with our, our transforming debt in a wealth system um, and, and implementing it into our lives and and Paying off our, our debts that we had, which it took a couple years. It, the, it says three to seven years in the book. It took us about four or five years, and we were pretty much 100% debt-free. And at that time, I had owned my house free and clear. Um, I remember when I first started the system, I, we went to Easter dinner in my family's house. And uh, I, was, I was excited. You know, I'm amped up, so I'm talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be debt-free, and I'm going to be rich, You know, and I'm going to make all this money, and things are going to be great. Like, the whole room just started laughing at me, you know, because I'm a—you know, I always— got something going on so they just laughed and it was about three four years after that i'm like hey i own my house hey i have no debt you know so it was, it was nice to be able to show them that i did what i said i was gonna do you know what i think
0: about all the time when i look back at um, a lot of my sorry ass family and friends i think how do you like me now that's what i think i think how do you like me now i say it looked pretty good right now uh you were laughing from the cheap seats and uh How's it look right now? It's looking pretty good right now. Nice. Uh, we're getting to it, but you got seller finance, a piece of commercial real estate to yeah. continue to grow your business.
1: Which in five years will be paid for, um, 100% paid for, owned free and clear.
0: Yep. You sold your house in Detroit because the neighborhood was getting really bad. Um, unfortunately, as a downside. You're living very cheap in Detroit.
1: Yeah.
0: You took all, you made a decent chunk of money on that. Yeah, and I mean. I did good. And then moved to Garden City, got a big old down payment for your Garden City place, and uh, yeah, it's looking pretty good right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, had, I did have a, I had another house deal we did along the way too, it was, that was a really weird deal, though. Um, it started with a hot tub.
0: Oh, that's right, I forgot about that. I'm yeah. glad you brought it up. No, like, we gotta tell the story, it's a great story. <laughs> this is, by the way, so Sean, Sean Friend, not only is he just really friendly and really hard working guy, uh, he is the friggin' barter king, man. This guy will barter anything, and somehow always ends up on top, and everybody loves him. So, but, and this story is gonna just tell you what kind of barter king he is. Without without Sean teaching me how to barter, I, I don't think I could have done a lot of my permaculture uh, projects. So, so you start with it. So I'm gonna not. I'm gonna, so let's start with the hot, hot tub. The hot uh, tub. Hot so tub.
1: I, I bought the hot tub from a friend of mine for 250 bucks. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna put this hot tub in my yard. It's gonna be great. Well. I didn't get around to it, and then he was bugging me. Hey, we need to get this thing out of my yard, so I went over and took some pictures of it and uh, put it on Craigslist. I'm like, yeah, you know, let's see what this bartering does, and I just put it on there to see what I could get, and this guy contacted me. He had a, um, I think it was a 2002 expedition from Florida. It was clean. He a little bit of work. He said he wanted a hot tub, so it wasn't quite a fair trade. I ended up giving him the hot tub, and I think I gave him 400 bucks. Um, on top of the hot tub for this truck, so, so I had
0: 250 for the hot tub for him. so you're like 650.
1: Yeah, so then I got this this truck home and um, it needed some work. Um, so me and a friend did the work. I gave him a couple bucks. I had like a total of two grand into the uh, truck with with the hot tub trade, the money, and then the repairs. So I took the truck and sold the truck back on Craigslist. Put it on Craigslist and sold the truck, and it just happened to be right at the perfect time to where I got this great deal on this uh, property in Detroit. Before I even bought the property in Detroit, I had found somebody that was willing to buy it off me, seller financing. Um, so that's I for made a
0: land contracts. So you found a land contract, land contract buyer, put some money down.
1: Yep, I, I, I cashed out the house. I sold the truck, used that to buy the house. And the same, the same day I closed on the house, uh, my buyer was moving into the house. That's called smart.
0: That that still worked out, right? Worked out great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like. You also did some bird dog deals. So you, well, let me back up there. So you basically went from a hot tub to a house, yeah. which is which is pretty awesome. I remember when you did that. Um, if I could remember, I will include. I think I did a video of that too, didn't I? With you?
1: Yeah, we did do a video on. on I'll see if that I can deal. find that,
0: and I'll put that in the show notes if I can find that. That's kind of a cool video. I love that story. It was hot fun to a
1: house. It was fun.
0: Yeah, you are a bartering fool at seller financing too. And this is this wasn't a great neighborhood either but you got a pretty good deal on the house wasn't it pretty
1: well the guy wanted five grand for the house and uh he had told me he already bought a place somewhere else and he just needed to get rid of this place and uh so i told him the best i could do was 2,500 and he said well can you do three i said yeah i think 2,500's fair he said all right sounds good and he sold me this house. i had a new roof i mean it was a nice house i didn't do nothing to it like i said i, I the day i closed I, I had the the buyer moving in it was a done deal
0: Done deals. Still working out for you now, right? Yeah, yeah. What I know, you got into some. You did some uh, bird dog deals too, where you, where you found the deal and referred them on and got paid off, and a couple wholesale deals. How those work?
1: Yeah, those worked well. We get a, we get. We, when with the lawn business, you get to know people on a one on one basis, and a lot of people move. So as soon as they mention moving, um, I love my wife. She's on them yeah like a hawk she's asking questions and getting information from them and then getting me on the phone with them or you know inter- setting up a meeting I remember uh we went we, we had two houses one was in Redford and one was in Dearborn. they both came in at the same time it just just worked out that way and I, I went to a friend of mine and uh he buys a lot of properties in redford jesse 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 the guy I bought Grassman's from so yep. got a hold of him and uh we went over I went with him to meet the cut meet. The potential sellers um, the Redford deal worked out for him and still working out good for him and then the other one was in Dearborn he got a contract signed that day we went we had spent a little bit of time with him but we had a contract signed before we left so that's the way to do it that was fun get it signed there
0: you did some uh, you did some wholesale deals too um, I think your wife did actually down, down in Inkster as well put some stuff under contract to sign it I know that worked uh, pretty well but here's here's the big one I want to get to At some point, you decide you're doing this grass bandits thing, like, literally out of your house in Detroit. And you got all the guys coming over. You got all the equipment. City's starting to harass you about cars being parked and all that stuff. Meanwhile, kids can't read. And here they are fucking harassing a business, paying taxes in the city of Detroit. Fucking morons. You'll never hear the end of this. I still get it. They they should regret the day they chased you out of the city. But uh, you decide, hey, I need to get some commercial space and expand you start looking why, why don't you walk us through that because i think this is like the coup de gras of uh of what you did buying a piece of commercial real estate so
1: yeah so you know i started looking like like anyone else you know i started looking to rent it's the first thing you think oh commercial property it's way out of my league let's let's look to rent well the rent that they were wanting for the space i wanted was just astronomical i i, I couldn't imagine paying that much in rent it just didn't make sense to me so I started thinking outside the box. I'm like, you know, I'm going to these meetings. I've seen how these deals work. Why can't I do it with commercial? And um, there was a been, there was a property I was watching. I was watching it for about three years. I had to sign up. Sign was down. It was abandoned. Is on Grand River, which is a main highway road.
0: That's a ma- major thoroughfare. Yeah, that's prime real estate.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was a nice property. It's 4,200 square foot building, probably a 10,000 square foot lot, and. uh I had I had met the owner and he, he had I seen it on the listing for two twenty, like a year and a half before I met the owner. And I met the owner and he was trying to lease he was trying to get me to rent the building from him for what the taxes and insurance were costing him. So I felt the pain there and I seen Ooh, the, the repairs that were needed. Yeah. Oh, so that
0: yeah, that's bad negotiation, right? If you could just cover the the taxes and insurance will yeah. be fine. You're like, oh no, there's some pain here. Yeah,
1: he was gonna let me rent this place out for 900 bucks a month, and I'm like, wow, that like everywhere else that I was looking at, that had that much space was three to 4,500 a month. You know, so I'm like, yeah, it's, there's there's something here. So there's I started,
0: motivation.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he, so I started talking about purchasing an island contract, and he, he, you know, we went back and forth. He was saying 170. I told him I'd give him. <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember talking with you about it right before I went and made the offer and you said, yeah, it sounds crazy, but go for it. You know, what's he going to say? So I went and I offered him, <laughs> we needed some repairs. I offered him $100,000, 000, $0 down. and told him I'd do the repairs and I, you know, that didn't get nowhere. We, we, hey,
0: there's a starting point for everything, it right?
1: Was, it was the starting point of it. He
0: was on the high end, you were on the low end.
1: Yeah. So, so we went back and forth for a little while and I said, all right, um, I'm done calling him because we weren't getting nowhere so I, I left it be for about a month and I figured I'd touch back with him if nothing had changed I didn't have to do that because he called me I said, I, said, I got him you know I knew I had him I just had I didn't I didn't want to give in and give him what he wanted because I knew I had him because he was calling me he, he wouldn't stop calling me at that point so um, I would went on vacation it's been about six months now. I went on a vacation he called me up and as soon as I got back from vacation we met up and this time I met him and I had a purchase agreement wrote out and and I told him, I said, oh, I've got a better offer for you. That's all I told him over the phone. So we've we got a
0: better offer for you. Let's meet in person. Let's meet in
1: person. So I took him. We went out to lunch, met at the restaurant, I had the purchase agreement in front of him. Um, I still only offered him $100,000, but um, I shortened the term because I was asking for 10 years. So I offered him $100,000 with $10,000 down on a five-year term. He got excited. I got excited. He signs. Yes, done deal. I think the interest rate was seven percent, six seven percent, which I was fine with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great. I'm excited. Talking about it on Facebook, talking about it with my friends. Yeah, cool. Set up closing. The day of closing. The guy. He is a foreigner. Now, there's nothing wrong with foreigners, but in America, when you sign a, when you sign a contract and you shake a man's hand, that's that's it. It's a that's done. That's the deal. way it
0: should be everywhere. Everywhere. It's it. Everywhere. It's a done
1: deal. It, it, you don't wait till the day of closing and then try to renegotiate after there's a signed agreement. Now, I, the day of closing calls me up and he says, he can't meet me at closing. So I thought maybe something was wrong. Family, he just needed to reschedule. No, he didn't want to reschedule. He wanted to renegotiate. So he was trying to get me to give him 130000 at this point. And he wanted to raise the interest rate. And I, I just told them, no, you know, I'm not doing that. You've signed a contract. I tried sticking them firm to my contract. I contacted a, a couple, of, got some advice from some other people that knew a lot more about it than I did. Um, that's the trick in business. Know people that know more than you.
0: Hell yeah. I wish I would have known that day one. Jeez.
1: <laughs> the more the better.
0: Yeah, I could save you a lot of money and a lot of pain. So Yeah.
1: So and the advice I got was, was, was very good. It helped me get the deal done. I did give them more. Um, we agreed. I didn't agree at first. I, I did try to fight him for a couple of days, but I really wanted the building, and I knew it was still a really good deal um, in Redford Township. So we ended up settling at one hundred and ten thousand purchase price with ten thousand down. I told him I need more time on the on the land contract, so we b- moved it up to seven years instead of five. Never give something without getting something, right? Yeah, make him pay. And and then and then we were now we were. So we had that hashed out. Now we were negotiating the, the interest rate. I <sighs> so frustrated at this point. I did give in. I gave him a little bit more on the interest than I wanted to. I think we settled at 11%. But we're pretty aggressive paying stuff off thanks to the John Commuter transforming that into wealth. Um, <clears throat> Especially if it's 11%. That's, that's going to
0: push you to pay it, pay it back sooner, right? Yeah. If it so, was at 1% or 2%, you might hang around for a while with that yeah. money,
1: but... Yeah, 11% at that,
0: that stays at the top of my head. I'm yeah. going to get that paid
1: off. And it put a little a little flame on, you know, put a little frustration in me. I, I figured at this point, all right, I want the building. I'm going to get the building. So we did the deal, but I'm going to pay it off as fast as possible so he makes as little as possible off me. I like that. Yeah.
0: You didn't let ego get in the way of your deal. You got your deal done
1: no matter I what. I almost did. I, it's easy to do. It is. I, I almost did.
0: But when you want something, I'm the same way. When I want something, I want something yeah. I'm willing to do some shit to get it you know and that was kind of a, a, that's what it looked like with you I remember I was like yeah no if you want it you want it man
1: yeah yeah me and you had several conversations yep. you know on, on how I should handle this and I just wanted it, you know. Just
0: wanted it, and I think it's probably a pretty good deal. It's probably already worth more, yeah, than it was when you bought it. Yeah, so you bought absolutely. it at a good time too. When was it? Two 2000- thousand.
1: Things oh. were starting to get a little better. Um, was it eleven or twelve? Well, this is my second. So when we were in 2015, It was spring of last year, two thousand fourteen. Okay, yeah, so just so you got, started
0: in two thousand thirteen. Started
1: negotiating yeah. the end of. Yeah, yeah, it took six months, seven months yeah. to come to terms with this guy. I can only imagine
0: the conversations you and your wife had about this guy. I would not want to cross uh, Alicia. (laughs) I bet he doesn't get a Christmas card. I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah, no, he doesn't. (laughs) No No.
0: Christmas card for this guy. No. Still got the deal done, though. Got the
1: deal done. Then you got your
0: business out of your personal residence, and that freed you up to get the hell out of Detroit, too, right?
1: Yeah, and gave us the ability to grow. I, I was at a point where I couldn't do, I could not grow. I couldn't have put another crew on. We couldn't... I had 10 more houses on we were we were maxed out where we were at wow so you needed more space to I, be able to grow yeah. I needed more space to grow we had we had two crews the season before last season last season we started another crew this season we started another crew so we have four crews
0: so that's interesting so you you actually use your lawn business as also like a real estate lead generation tool because as you said earlier, I want to kind of come circle back around to it, where you know these people, you know what's going on with their house. Sometimes you're mowing it and it's vacant, and you can have a conversation where you're interested in selling your house, um, or they just contact you. I know at some point you were doing some marketing on your bills too. That um,
1: yeah, I got some good advice from you on that when when we were sending out monthly bills, and I started uh, we we were also print made out some flyers for for wholesaling purposes and we were trying to pass them out in areas and, and you gave me the brilliant idea to market to the people who already like and trust me. Absolutely. And, always. Yeah. It was it's just not my idea. idea. It's
0: the smartest people in there. Are the, if you can't sell people who like, know, and trust you, you're
1: not in sales. Yeah. If you going to sell a stranger at that
0: point. <laughs> yeah. That's not going
1: to work. So we were, so we were printing out our flyer on the back of our invoices and sending, we got some leads off it. Um, it, it was a good learning curve at the beginning of, uh, us getting into that. So it, it worked. Now we don't do we don't send flyers out, but my wife is, she's a hawk on on that phone. She's on them, yeah, always on them.
0: That, that that's just a good way to try. You get a little extra money out of your business that way. Thinking of different ways you can.
1: Well, hopefully, we're we'll gonna uh, we have a lawn we've been mowing for the last couple of years that's been empty in Farmington, and um, we bird dogged it, wholesaling it with a uh, uh, another guy we know. So hopefully that works out here soon. Get a nice look. Nice little check out of that one. I think
0: it might, Mister Steve. At least, at least on his end, he's got that. He's got that taken care of.
1: Yeah. Sometimes uh, sellers can be difficult. I mean, she—they can be difficult as long customers too. <laughs> so it just happens. Yeah. You just have way, to get over it. Just don't give up.
0: Yeah. The way I explain it to my wife is, it's a series of bad decisions, and the bad decisions didn't stop just because they decided to sell the house. Yeah. If they were making a series of good decisions, they wouldn't be talking to you. Generally yeah. speaking, so. Well, I kind of want to, how, I want to focus on, hopefully this doesn't get you in too much trouble, because I've seen a transformation in your life, too, and I remember when, and this is not a good or a bad thing, it just, it just is, I remember when Alicia got behind you 100%.
1: Yeah, that was the best thing ever. That was really the beginning of the beginning, even though you've been in it for years. Yeah, about four, about almost four years before it. And during the, the first three years, she told me countless times to go get a real job. Yeah. Which can beat you down. They when can. you think you're just doing everything right, you know, it really can beat you down. It. And we're not
0: trying to beat up on um, the spouses out there who have a hard no. time. Because you're not paying bills. It's month I to month. Und-
1: I understood 100% where she came from. And, yeah. and at the beginning, I, I not only was I doing the lawns, I had a couple buddies that did housework um, improvements. And I would, whenever I could, I'd go out and work with them. I mean, I was doing roofs on the side. I did anything I could to make money when we were first getting going. Anything.
0: Yeah, sometimes Just, that's what you have to do.
1: in a legal realm. <laughs> yeah.
0: No illegal shit. How did how did that look? How did you? At what point? How? I don't know if it's something you did, but how did you get your spouse on board? Because I, I had kind of a similar problem. Once I got Gina on board, things really started to
1: take off, and it was really difficult with without your spouse on board. So she started talking about getting a job, and I just started point. That's when I at this point I knew. A lot more about numbers and I was learning a lot more about business so I sat down and started showing her numbers and where, where I was losing and where I could use some help and 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 it was a slow transition on her help and first it was just a little bit of computer work and she did that for I want to say maybe a season and then you know and then I it got her to start trying to take the phone calls which that scared me more than having her do the computer work. Cause like I said she she's tough and I thought she was just gonna would some you know when you're dealing with lawn customers they call about some of the stupidest stuff sometimes and I figured she was just going to blow up on them like she does to me when I do stupid stuff. And we were going to lose all these customers, but that wasn't the case. She actually did really well, and I started getting feedback from customers that they love talking with her. And
0: Yeah, she did better job than you ever did.
1: Yeah, and she sells better than me, too. I mean, she's really good. Uh, now she does estimates. She does bidding. She she does a lot. She she might work harder than me now. Yeah,
0: stone-cold deal maker right there. She's closing stuff. Yeah.
1: Yes. Now I ask her for advice on what we should be charging customers because I I wasn't charging enough on a lot of jobs, and she's going out price yourself out. Yeah, and I, and I was. We've got. I've gotten a lot better, but if it's one that I'm out of, sure, I'll just let her go do it because she has no problem just throwing throwing whatever number she feels like at them, and it is what it is at that point.
0: Yeah, I feel like she's one of your greatest uh, assets, and and. Boy, it's a, I've seen her change too, and she, she's like a cougar now, man—like some lion or something. Just waiting, <laughs> here they come, just pounce all over them, and that's the end of that, you know. So, it's been pretty fun watching watching that transition. And I wouldn't want to owe her money. I'll I'll put it that
1: way. Yeah, yeah. getting she, paid, son. You're getting paid. She gets uh, she gets a lot madder than me, fast.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The way I always looked at it, it and if you've ever screwed. Um, they were not paid your bills or, or anything like that. Um, you, you, as far as I'm concerned, you're essentially stealing money from somebody's family. Yeah,
1: and that's how I felt.
0: And that's that's what it is. You're like, oh, I don't understand why they're getting so upset. Well, you know, you got five years of hard work and sacrifice in, and they jip you at all your customers steal ten grand from you. That that made the next spring pretty tough to get started because you had to make it through the winter. Especially if it doesn't snow, because you're doing snow at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know I've had a lot of people say, "Well, why don't you go to small claims court?" You know, I was a small company at the time. We're, we're much larger now, um, although our our losses are the second. Year, the first year we bought Grass Bandits, that our losses that year was a thousand dollars. That's just a huge transformation from ten thousand to a thousand dollars, and we had almost double the amount of customers that following year too. So the billing system was was. The key to it, you know? did you
0: start firing difficult customers too? Trying to just you're getting like, rid of them, yeah, yep. like
1: you're gone. Yep, yeah, and then we still do. Not
0: it. every customer is a good customer.
1: No, no, no. I mean, that whole customers are always right. That's just not true. It's no. not. It's not true. It's not something you should practice. You know, you deal with good. If you're a good person, you deal with good people, and you treat people the way you want to be treated. And if they can't treat you or your employees the same way, I've had customers come out for no reason at all and they just want to start cussing at my employees and talking to them like they're just some shitty lawn guys i'll go fire them i don't that's amazing i don't let them talk to my my employees any different than i would let them talk to me if they yeah. can't talk to them with respect then we don't need them i love that philosophy they could be the best payers but if they don't talk to us with respect we don't need them as customers no you don't
0: yeah well because it is your business and you are in charge of your business it's not your customer's business right
1: yeah absolutely and that's another thing jesse had said you know you're you don't let the customers run your business because they will literally run your business into the ground because yeah. they're, they'll just hire someone else as soon as you're gone. Yeah. They don't care. No. You no. know. You know. We do have a, a customers that's been with us ten, eleven years that truly do care, but not everybody that you meet is going to care. Most no, a the, lot most of times of them somebody just
0: wants their lawn cut. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way. That's the way it goes. So. Why. Real estate, you mentioned you always had an interest in real estate, but I want to circle back to this why real estate?
1: Well, you know I when I when I did the deal with my buddy, you know he loaned me the the funds for for my house we bought. I went in, I recruited a few buddies at the time and we did the rehab. I've always been a hands-on kind of guy, so um, moving moving forward when we get into our rehab projects, I, I'll still be pretty hands on you know, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll definitely have contractors running it. But I will be the investor that walks in and if I see someone doing something stupid, I'll grab the hammer and show them how to do it, right? Yeah. I have no problems getting dirty um, and showing someone how how to do something right.
0: Now you can fix anything.
1: But why real estate? That's... Was that really the, where it started when you went and bought your house? You're like, wait a second, I think maybe I can do this. A lot of it started from that John Commuta transforming debt in the wealth system, because as I was going through the system, he's thought- You need an
0: affiliate link for that guy, so you're making that guy so much money, he needs to be writing you a check, Sean.
1: That'd be great, yeah, yeah. <laughs> John Commuta,
0: if you're listening, go to grassbandits.com or give him a call, 313-279-5370. Give Sean his money, son.
1: Yeah, there's He's a link. He's selling
0: the shit out of this.
1: There's a link right on Grass Bandits. You can use your credit card and max it out. There we go. <laughs> go,
0: go to grassbandits.com. Where, where's the link at? Is it under... Uh... No, gra- uh, when you go to grassbandits.com, you said there's a link. Where is it at on the page? Um,
1: It'll be on... Uh, you know what? My wife does a lot of that stuff, so I'm not going to lie. There. It's on there. It's on you there. Can you can find it. You can find it.
0: If not, cinema you'll have to contact us for him or give him a call, and I'll send it
1: to you. I mean, if
0: you're gonna if you're gonna go out and transform your life, make sure Sean gets a couple dollars because uh, you wouldn't have heard about it any other way, and it worked for him.
1: We'll yeah, and while, while I was going through the system, he talks about um, you know things how to pay off your debt rapidly, and and the way and I'm not gonna sit here and tell everybody how to do that. If you if you're interested, it's a great system. Check it out. But during the system, he starts talking about. Um, bringing in extra income on top of your job things you could do um and um other books to help you know if you're interested real estate was one of the things he pegged on and he said that's helped him get the wealth the wealth some of the wealth he has so and he gave some links on some other good books and i had read another couple books from his links and then from there it said you know the couple of books talked about joining joining a club so I, i went right out and you can follow uh, yeah, directions yeah. yeah you can follow right. directions like, step okay. by step by step and i just did it and i, and I just had i've had a passion for it hmm. that's pretty amazing
0: so what do you think uh, i know you're pretty busy with the lawn business continuing to grow it actually you're talking about um you might need bigger space now
1: yeah you know every year we start coming up with more ideas and and we do have a decent amount of space but more yard space um I have some other ideas I might want to do with this building, being that it, the location it's at. It is a good location. Yeah, for the lawn business, uh, we could use an, an industrial site off the main road. It would be nice. I think we'd get a little less harassment from the townships. You know, they like to bother you about a camper you might have in your lot, which I can't believe you even said anything. But anyway, that's a, that's a whole other story. Yeah, Dealing that, with that the, stuff is fun.
0: So you're basically saying your real estate's too prime. Or just having For what a lawn I need. company, you got some other ideas you're thinking about, huh?
1: Yeah, because I, I don't really want my lawn customers walking into my building, so we have no trespassing. It's basically a 4,200 square foot garage. Um, it takes a lot of equipment to do grass and landscaping and all the guys and the trucks. and. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, <clears throat> You're constantly putting money back into your business. Yeah. It's a never ending, and I, I, some people use the word battle. To me, it's not battle. I love putting my money back into my business and then watching it grow. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way it's going to grow. You have to, what else should I invest in? You know, myself. Yeah, you have real to estate. feed
0: your business too. I've run into lots of people who, who just don't want to feed their business or are stingy about it. and
1: They'd rather buy a boat and go hang out in Detroit River and wonder why they're broke. You know, yeah, it's like. That makes no sense. Yeah. Somebody else should have the
0: boat, and you go on their boat. That's yeah. the way I do it. <laughs> Thanks for the boat, man. I'll buy some gas. Here yeah, you go. right. Yeah, I'll put gas in that thing, but I'm not going to buy the boat. Probably
1: only have it for a couple of years before the repo guy comes and takes it back from him. But yeah,
0: at least some of them.
1: Some not of them, the, yeah. yeah not, not the, there not are a lot nice. of really smart people out here. So yeah.
0: So what do you think the uh, – I know you, you're you looking at some stuff in the future. I was, um Trailer parks, huh? You're thinking about trailer parks and apartment complexes?
1: Yeah, that would be my end goal when I'm getting closer to retirement. You know, there's some some steps we're, we're going to have to take um, to get to that end goal, but yeah.
0: So would you say you're Sean 2.0 or Sean 3.0? Because I know you start at 1.0, 2.03, you're 4.0, something yeah, like that. Yeah, 3, 4. 3, 4.0. When did you get the idea to start bartering like a madman? Because I've seen you do some crazy bartering stuff and somehow always come out on top with the other person liking you, too. The lawn
1: service is really what Me being
0: one of those guys, I think, yeah.
1: Yeah, the lawn service started it for me. I mean, I've bartered some of the craziest things. I have uh, two kids and uh, had this million-dollar house we were mowing out in another rich neighborhood. And sure as shit, she didn't pay me. But then the next year called me wanting me to come cut her grass, so went and looked in her backyard. Well, I've seen it in her backyard. She had this, like, $5,000 play structure, and she owed me, like, 300 bucks. and the next season was going to be, like, $800 for the season. I said, well, I'll tell you what, you know, we'll squash the $300 debt. I'll cut you this season. You gave me the play structure. Yeah, not a problem. Well, you know, so I took the play structure out. I mowed the grass. Three months into the season, she had left. I talked to the neighbor, Come to find out she was squatting. That's why she whoops. had no problem giving away the play structure. But... You know, that's where it started from as lawn business. I bartered with my accountant. Um, I never paid my accountant. I mowed his grass. He took care of all my paperwork. Um, that's but, a
0: good way for a cash-strap company to try and get ahead and kind of get some real estate. When you don't have enough cash to throw at the problem, you can go barter something, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I traded a weed whip and uh, an, an edger for a commercial walk-behind mower once. You know, I've just done a lot of trading and bartering. Yeah. Services, services. I still... I have animals, dogs, and cats. I still cut the grooming lady. This lady I know owns a grooming shop. Jan's Pet Grooming, Redford, Michigan. Um, there you go. A little, slow, a little slower. Let's give him a plug. Jan's Pet Grooming, Redford, Michigan. There you
0: go. Jan's Pet Grooming.
1: Um, so I mow her personal residence, and whenever I need my dogs washed or flea dipped or groomed or whatever, she just takes care of it for me. I don't give her a bill. She doesn't give me a bill, and works out great. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Because you're,
0: you're like the barter king, just, just always bartering. So maybe if you're... Cash trap, business, young, startup, maybe you can think about some things you can do, some labor you can trade, something you sit in your garage you're not using that you can trade for something you need, something like that. It doesn't come naturally to me, but I'm a lot better at it watching you. I
1: think it comes more naturally just from from what I've seen and talking to a lot of people, and I'm not dissing education. Education is a must. Public education, on the other hand, I really think just puts a damper on a lot of people's thinking. I, I, and that's just my personal opinion and I think because I have a lack of public education I can think outside the box which has been really helpful for me
0: well I'm going to say something right now that I know is going to get me in trouble <laughs> besides learning how to read and do some basic math I didn't learn a single fucking thing in school that would help me in my business I've tried I've tried to think of not even the trigonometry not, I was an engineer for a little while and that helped then but not actually in the business world. No. I wasn't a businessman. I was an engineer. I don't need to be able to do math that well. I actually don't even need to be able to read that well. I just have to be able to make decisions and move forward. And I can't think, and I haven't. I've been thinking for years before I ever said something like this. And no, I don't think you should drop out of school. No. Stay in school. Get your diploma.
1: What I, what I think is school needs a change. They, they need to, especially those last four years, your high school years... They could set those uh they could set those last four years up to where you get much more out of it, and you're much more prepared whether you decide to go to college or decide to get into the work field for that um, you could learn they could do a lot more to make it better for you
0: I'm trying to think if a single damn thing is learned in school that could help somebody get a job even
1: i mean <laughs> yeah.
0: That no resume help No how to present your I, I can't think of anything I'm not saying all I should say not all schools The public schools I attended And I would probably say The majority of public schools I don't want to throw everybody Under the bus There's a lot of bad schools That just really aren't Getting the job done Anywhere yeah. So if you're part of some school That's doing things amazing Good Keep it to yourself I'm talking about The rest of them Most of them And certainly Where we Where you used to live And where I live In Detroit Talk about a pit of just money they spend more per pupil in detroit i don't know what the fuck they do with it, it just goes yeah. nowhere nowhere i can't see anything
1: good coming out of it some sad shit yeah it is
0: and you only have an eighth grade education right
1: probably a little less i was in halfway less? halfway through third grade yeah. they said hey you're hyper you're ld so they stuck me in this ld class and all you have to do in ld is show up and you pass Jesus. so what a bunch of fucking idiots yeah
0: Well, I don't know what you're you're sitting at home. I don't know what your excuse is. Uh, Get out and do it. You don't even need an eighth grade education, folks. Uh, Don't drop out of school, though. I don't want people to take this the wrong way. Things may come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. To show quote, Abraham Lincoln... You sir, hustle. Where do you get your sense of urgency? You're one of the few people I know. You have an extremely high sense of urgency. You want to get things done all the time. Yeah. How did you develop that, or were you born with it? Or I,
1: I, I you know, I, I like to thank uh, a lot of that to my uncles and my grandpa. My dad was in prison my life that I could remember, and when I was 12, he got out of prison, and about a few months later hit by a car on the freeway and died so Mm. i didn't have a dad around to teach me much but my grandparents and um my uncles they taught me taught me a lot about just being a good person doing the right things and uh good work ethic you know i just uh, just always had a good hard work ethic maybe not having much you know walking around (laughs) walking in elementary school with my shoes flapping falling apart getting made fun of you know you just you know, one day you just say enough's enough, and a little chip on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. You know, you are on. a
0: hustling dude, man. I, I, I think this is the longest I've ever seen you sit in your life, right here.
1: It's hard. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah but you're probably having a hard time. I've known you for four years, five years. I think, yeah, about five years now. Five years. Five. Yeah, I've never seen it's you sit this long.
1: Yeah, you're always hustling. There's always something to be done. Yeah. If, if, if...
0: Hard work is an amazing equalizer. I will tell you, that's really where you want where the metal meets the meat was where the hard work meets the street you know and
1: yeah and, I, and you know and i've worked with some good people along the way a couple of good foremen that's taught me and gave me some good some good advice you know the one guy uh the last company i worked at my foreman he was he was great his name was dave I don't remember his last name he's a good guy and uh when i was first getting working uh, you know started working you know i'd run out of work to do so they find myself like most people do trying to stand around And he, you know, he just says, hey, look, there's always, there's always something to be do. Look around. There's something he's swept, you know, find something to do and do it. So, you you just get busy doing it. And the same old guy also told me uh, when I had mentioned to him about getting ready to to transfer jobs that I was going to be quitting. Um, He bummed me out because he was a really good form. He said, hey, you should always be looking for, you should always be looking because you never know when a better opportunity is going to come your way, whether it's going to be making that decision to jump in and and start something for yourself or just a a better job opportunity. You should always be looking. Don't settle and get comfortable. You should always be looking.
0: That's really good advice. In fact, if you're not, you should listen to that advice, folks. I wish I would have listened to it earlier. What what about trailer parks? I'm curious about this. I've only known a few people do the trailer park thing. Uh, What about trailer parks uh, is appealing to you? I'm interested in this because, I don't know, maybe I haven't looked at it the right way.
1: You know, when I when I look at trailer parks, they are looking at lot rents that you bring in, and and most of the trailer parks, you sell the trailer to whoever's going to be living in it. And you don't have to worry about fixing nothing in the trailer. You don't have to deal with no phone calls about nothing. Um, uh, I
0: see where this is going. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: So so you, you get lot rent. If, other than that, your maintenance is uh, some common areas with the grass and the roadways. Um, so it just takes it's. Seems appeasing to me because it takes away a lot of the uh, my toilets plug calls. It's it's your toilet. Figure it out. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's your toilet. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it's your it's your trailer. So you know?
0: low maintenance basically uh, is what's so appealing about getting into trailer parks.
1: Yeah, you, you know, you might need a um, you, you know you have a manager in place, um, maybe a grounds crew. If you have a big enough place to need a, a week round grounds crew, or you hire. You're already thinking big. You're like,
0: man, I might have a place that's big enough. I need to hire a grounds crew.
1: Yeah, you, you, you know, you, they are some pretty big places out there, or if not, I'll just send my crew over there. So,
0: <laughs> you do happen to know some people who do some lawn care? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, you're in the business. I understand the apartment thing. I was just curious
0: about the. Uh, I did know a guy. I should maybe look him up, David Butler. He used to own a bunch of them. I don't know if he's still around or not.
1: I should probably reach out. But I, I went to another course, and uh, one of the things the guy was saying, you know, if you're new and you're trying to get into it and you want to see if it's for you or not, um, trailer homes. Now, not all the trailer parks, from my understanding, will allow you to do this, but trailer parks is an easy thing to get into as far as real estate, and, and it's really not real estate. But if you can get a grand down trailer for a grand. That needs a couple grand worth of work. You can sell them easier. They're, they are titled as a vehicle, so you don't have to deal with all the typical stuff you would with, uh, with a home. You know, you go right to Secretary of State to transfer title. It, it's a little easier, less money. Gives you, you get your feet in and, and dabble around and see if it's for you or not. I have a confession to make. I have done two trailer deals. I did not know that about you. One in Pullman,
0: Washington, and one in Moscow, Idaho. I did like a quasi-lease option land contract setup before I even knew what a lease option land contract setup was. Like literally, I didn't know anything. One worked out, one didn't, but um, that was right in the very beginning. I didn't have no clue what I was doing, and basically anybody who was motivated got my attention. Anybody return a phone call, I was just dialing, going through the classifieds, all that stuff, one was a guy I knew, and one was a referral from another wholesale I did. So I, I have done uh, two trailer, two trailer deals. One was a total piece of shit, too, man. And that,
1: that's what guy That's what you use to get your feet wet, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it's low, low out of pocket to get going. So it dude, just... it was no out of
0: pocket. I, I did. Um, I just basically sandwiched it.
1: <laughs> I took a little
0: piece in the middle and walked away.
1: Yeah, and and you know it's so it made sense to me and and. You know with that going in uh, owning the whole park seems like a better idea to me
0: mm-hmm. maybe I need to start looking Maybe start looking at trailer parks I've not, <laughs> not thought about it. have you have you started looking at trailer parks
1: um, no they'll the, give away the farm be no no, no I that. haven't I, I, I have looked around a little bit at, at just to kind of see what was out there the lawn business really took off in the last couple of years so I've been more trying to really focus on the lawn business because I could see where it could help me get some of the funding and some of the credibility that I'll need. To get into a bigger deal like that. No, absolutely. I mean, and if you look out there. you got plans. Yeah, and when, you, when you're looking around, as I did, you'll see that trailer parks are for sale by seller, on seller financing, too. Everything's for sale on seller financing. Everything's for sale. Everything's for sale. Yeah. And people will sell it to you on financing if you come to them with the right terms. That's a good idea. That, that commercial deal I did, with, um, which we bought in Friends Property, and we, we um, leased it to Grass Bandits that really helped me get the understanding that I can pretty much do any deal I decide I want to do. Absolutely. I was very impressed when you did that. Lots of people do it and lots
0: of people talk about it. You just went out and freaking did it. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I like about you. If you. Just get started. thats I think that's some of the best advice ever. Just get started. Don't be stupid and invest a lot of money or something, but just get started. Just Take get started. one small step
1: to doing it. And, that's uh, it, it's, it, it's not for everybody. You know, I, I try to give the advice to people. And, and what I've learned about giving advice is don't waste too much time giving advice unless somebody's actually coming to you and showing you that they're doing it. Because they will eat up a lot of your time and then do nothing with it.
0: I learned that the hard way, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and then you just get really frustrated because you're like, I'm telling you what to do. And, you know, I'm giving you all this advice. And you see I'm doing it. But... Don't waste too much time giving people advice unless they they really want it. It's nice to give advice back, to, especially when you get to the point in your career where you've made it and you're doing good, because I've gotten a lot of advice from a lot of good people along the way. So I like giving it back as much as I can. Yeah. And that's what helped me get acquire some of the companies is just me giving advice to them. Yeah, you're smart about it, though. I should have been more smart. Pretty much you and Ian Watts
0: are the only people who have made it through my mesh of steel since I uh, I brought it down and quit wasting all my time with these ass clowns. It's not that I don't care. It's just you can't invest time in somebody and not get a return on it or you never get a return on yourself too. Yeah, yeah. So what besides the John Commuta system has helped you? Are there any other books or, I don't know, YouTube or, or other people, you know, real estate or whatever? Is there anything? Somebody could be listening listening this part is part of the podcast we like to call success habits and this is like podcasts youtube channels books conversations you've had um that you can point somebody in a direction any other books or anything like that that you would you should point somebody to that you found helpful
1: you you know there's a lot of a lot of really good books out there and there's a huge list of i'm still still getting through them I, i do a lot more of my reading in the winter months so we don't do uh I am yeah, you're a lot pretty busy during the summer. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What busy. sticks out in your head is like the top, you know, top one or two that, that you thought that really helped you? Besides um, well, start... a job on Commuta. Yeah, by just... the way, go to grassbandits.com and there's a link there. You should totally do this. If you're wondering, you should totally do this. Help Sean out. It'll help yourself out too. Go to grassbandits.com, click that link and get yourself signed up. So besides that, what is there that um, that would help out? You know, or that inspired you and made you go a certain direction or, or, or helped you out in any way, shape, or form?
1: Just continue to read as many success books. Um, I, I, like the e, E-Myth was a good book. Uh, Millionaire Next Door is a great book. I've read, I've read them both a couple times. You know, I've
0: never read the E-Myth.
1: How is this possible? It's a good one. Man. It is a good I I did that one last, last I'm going to write that down right now, the E-Myth. There's
0: now the uh, the Emeth real estate investor out now too. Really? Yep,
1: I have it. Wow. Yeah, it's a good it's a good book. The Emeth. I read that one last winter, and as soon as we, summer comes, I just get so crazy busy with the lawn business. Um, so I plan on rereading that book again this winter. And, and winter's my off months. Um, we try to take vacations with my wife and kid. We're, we try to spend a little more family time. Summer's gonna be a little crazy for us. Um, and I do a lot of. Preparing for next year during the winter months, you know, trying to remotivate, motivate myself with through books. Um, nice little break.
0: What? What in? Is there anything in the E Myth that caught your attention or that helped out in your business? Or is it just trying to keep your mind sharp? Just trying or? to
1: keep my mind sharp. Keep my and and keep keep me focused on my goal. Yeah.
0: Do you do a lot of books on tape too? Listen to it and uh, I do.
1: For me, I, I do a lot of listening. I do. I do like to read. Um, I'm not a great reader. It's my great education that I had.
0: <laughs> Fortunately, you don't need much of a great education. Yeah. You've got the right attitude. I'm, good.
1: I'm a good enough reader. I'm just not real fast at it. I do spend a lot of time in my cars, so listening to them is the way I tend to go most of the time. Yeah. Something you can do while you're in the middle of cleaning your house or what things you're already doing.
0: I'm a, I'm a good reader, but I have a problem when I read, and I've never been able to fix it. I read way too fast. I like skim over, I skip whole sentences. I've I've had this problem for a long time and I've never been able to fix it. So I have, even though I can read and I read very well, um, I have an opposite problem. I don't know if anybody else has this problem where I I just read too fast. What I have to do is multiple readings. So what I tend to do is read it, listen to it, read it, listen to it. And instead of trying to, I could never teach myself actually how to read correctly, I just throw volume at it and just do
1: it multiple times. And yeah. Just it into my head. I like the reading and the listening. If you yeah. can read the book and listen to the same book, because when you're listening to it, you might, you might hear it in a different way than the way you read it. Or you might catch something a little different. It might make a little more sense. And then, like you said, maybe read it again. Um, but when I'm reading... Uh, um, I'll read through, and if it's a paragraph that caught my interest instantly, I'll go right back and read the paragraph over again just to make sure. Dude, I can't uh, do that. Yeah, and then move on.
0: Man. In fact, if you're listening and you, I don't know if this is a common problem or not, but if there's a way where, I don't know, you can teach somebody how to slow down their reading or something, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I tend to just read too fast. I skip over words, sentences, and I just have to read and reread. It's really a problem I have. That's why I love audiobooks and MP3s. and yeah. Cause then I could just listen and just beat it in my head and with repetition, you know. So anything. So you like the John community, the e myth and
1: rich dad, poor dad. Um, of course, you know, that's a yeah, classic. Yeah. Classic. I've I've read a bunch of his material. I bought the uh, uh, Rat Race for kids board game. Tried to start teaching your kids. Teach kids young.
0: That was going to be my next question, man. What? Obviously, you did not get the foundation for success in life be it financial or family from your immediate family
1: yeah no no yeah. i learned how to work hard which is a good thing which is a good thing that's not a bad thing you know and uh, we're
0: not trying to beat anybody up and they had a rough start too and they went their own direction but what are you doing differently with your job i mean they see you starting this business they see yep. you doing this real estate stuff but you talk about it or- i talk
1: about it with uh, my more my son than my daughter my daughter's Six, so she's real, she, she's real young, but we still do. We start young because we started with my son young, he's 12 now, and he's got business ideas. Um, he gets, he gets, um, I give him a little lounge for mowing the grass. Um, he gets birthday money and whatnot. He, he is super, super tight with his money. Like, he, he, when he, when he, we take him shopping, my wife will, you know, point out prices and have conversations with him about things before he spends his money. and. He really thinks a lot about it before he spends his money. You know, Most kids I see, that they just want to spend money. Well, it's not that their money. You know? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, we, we just got um, our son our, his first phone. We bought him the phone for his birthday. So that was the gift from us for his birthday. But we have explained to him that you have a bill now. So mm. you're going to have to do wow. things around the house to earn money to pay for your bill. How old is he? Twelve. Twelve. I love it. Yeah. He, and... and the sooner you can teach kids that they have bills, the better they're going to be in life because that's just the facts of life.
0: It's going to help them pick their bills too, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. He, he's really—I'm impressed with how good he is with his uh, money. And because we talk about business, and he sees me going to meetings and sees the things I'm doing, he's ask ask business questions. He has business ideas. You know, right now one of his things he he, he wants to do is yo. Know, he wants to do the lawn thing, which I think is pretty neat, but it's not something I 100 percent want him to do. I support whatever decision he makes, um, but he he's wanting to, uh, I was telling him about a story I've seen where this uh, young girl, I think she was 13, 13, 12, 13 down in Florida, she was garbage picked uh, something and resold it on the internet and started going to garage sales and reselling. And yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, she saved up enough, she was on the Ellen DeGeneres show, saved up enough money and Bought her first rental property with her mom. And I I think she's 16 now. She owns two or three rental properties. Man. So, you know, I I use those stories to kind of help motivate them and keep them, you know, wanting to be involved with doing something for himself. That's going to be fun to watch. Because
0: as long as I've known you, you've taken your kids everywhere with you, too. Like, they're just always, they're just immersed in it 24-7.
1: Oh, they go out. Sean, my, my son's 12. He can walk through any yard I take him to and bid it almost right on. You know, he knows how to bid jobs. He he knows the ins and outs of the lawn business already. Yeah, that's the way to do it. That's
0: going to be fun to watch. So he kind of likes to – what are some of you – what are some of his business ideas? He wants to do that uh, garbage picking thing? Yeah, it's kind
1: of yeah, reselling, garbage picking. It's the way to make some money. He has to do something because the grass doesn't grow in the winter, and he's still going to have a phone bill. So. That's
0: true. <laughs> a little creativity, too. He's going to find something he He's going to figure
1: something out because he wants his phone. You know, oh, yeah. uh, It's the way he keeps in touch with his soccer buddies and his school well, what buddies.
0: What a great carrot. Here's a gift. And by the way, you have a bill. <laughs> and here's some creative ways you can pay that bill. Yeah. If you don't pay it the thing gets turned off it's bad for your credit and you don't have a phone
1: yeah and you know sometimes it it, you know like um with kids with kids it can be it's a whole different story but um my son comes home he's like oh how come you can't bring me subway so and so's mom brings him subway son you're at school I'll see you when you get home. I'm not bringing you Subway. <laughs> Someone brought me Subway. Um, and I don't know why they're bringing them Subway. It's not, you know, that's just not the realities of life. And I'm Especially
0: not. since Subway, which I'll never eat at again, um, has Mr. Jared, child rapist, now arrested and heading to jail as their spokesperson. Boy, how would you... That should... I don't know if anybody's paying attention, but when it comes to celebrity endorsements or anything like that, try not to hire child rapists to promote your company. I bet they regret that decision. If they can go back and undo that, they would. Uh, I'm going on. I'm going on the record right now, September fourteenth, two thousand fifteen, that in one year Subway will be in bankruptcy court. That's my guess. I'm going. I'm going on the record that 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 that's what's going to happen. So
1: It's definitely okay. going to be a tough battle for him to see see uh, see what they do. Hopefully your dog doesn't eat Steve. I hear <laughs> a lot of barking. <laughs> well, that's what happened when you have to pee around my house. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah,
0: Steve got up. He had to go to the bathroom, and uh, we're actually in Sean Friend's beautiful garage in Garden City, a big step up from the old Detroit, Yeah, loving life in the burbs. That was one of the things you really liked about success, too, is – you kind of had to get your kids out of Detroit. I hate to beat up on Detroit so bad, but it was getting pretty rough there. So
1: yeah, you, you know, I mean, th- different areas are different in Detroit. But my my particular area was was pretty rough. I mean, I spent the house. The deal was great, and my neighbors were great. You know, um, fortunate enough to have great neighbors. Not every neighborhood in Detroit's like that. No, um, it's not. But it was a rough uh, a rough corner there. You know, I spent the first year training the hookers to go find a different corner. But they loved you. Yeah, so it's unfortunate. My son, my son knows a lot more about stuff. But you know, it's unfortunate and fortunate. He's seen, he's seen a lot and knows why we do what we do and why we work so much. And this world isn't always a pretty place. It's not pretty. No, you can't shelter your kids. A lot of people shelter their kids and sugarcoat and bring them subway to school and. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, give them the tools they need to succeed
1: don't uh put their head in the sand for all the problems so yeah we don't sugarcoat stuff with our kids i mean we're, we we just tell them how it is you know
0: million dollar question maybe 10 Uh-oh. 10 billion dollar question if you had to and you could do it all over again what would you do differently what would I do differently? I know there has to be a couple things. I can think of a few that, uh, in fact, I, I, will, I will go on the record as saying I probably, instead of starting my own business, should, should have gone, with my personality type and how I learn, especially with my reading problems and my authority problems, I should have gone and worked for somebody first. If I could go back and do it all over again, if I could, I feel like if I could have been a better employee, I would have been a better business owner.
1: I agree, I agree with you there and I think that's that's like I said I was a really good employee with really shitty business owners and I think that's really what's helped that that lesson right there has helped me where I'm at now and and how we are with our employees. I don't, that's a tough one, you know. I, what would I do different? If I think, you could.
0: I know I we can. can. I know. You got to pretend. What would you do differently?
1: I think I would uh would have tried to get into real estate a lot sooner. Um, probably not even do to lawn. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough... It was tough. More education on what you want to do. Yeah, why the lawn business, out of curiosity? I mean, was it just available or... It, it seemed easy to me. I mean, you're, like I said, I, I didn't know nothing about business. Not one thing about business. Here's what I knew about business. Well, the owner's making all this money and he does nothing. Yeah, that's, that is a lie. The owner works way too much and probably doesn't make enough um,
0: wait a second I, Bernie Sanders says you're just always raking in the money and you're just beating down the little guy stealing from him that's not the way it works
1: no. yeah not not in not, not, uh, most companies not in any good company there are those like I said the bosses I used to work for that did exactly what you just said they are were any raking, of them in business most of them are really yeah ah, fuckers I was hoping to go out of business to be a better story yeah yeah um, most of them aren't in business
0: Oh, they aren't. they aren't. Oh, okay, yeah. they're gone. Good. There's only that's a one. There's story. only the one
1: guy that's still in business, and yeah. even though he treated his employees shitty, we're actually I'm actually friends with the guy. He's gave me a lot of help when I first started the business. It took him a couple of years, but he did finally come around and gave me some help. But in 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 the same point, I've given him a lot of help since then too. So,
0: so you sort of got started in real estate a little earlier. Well, you're heading it off at the pass too with your kid, So that's uh, that's a that's a good way to go. That's Man, so here, show quote, I'm going to keep beating this into the ground. (laughs) Things may come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. How do you do your business planning? Do you plan? Do you look at at the beginning of the year and the end of the year? Do you do it quarterly? Do you set goals? Uh, How do you operate grassbandits.com?
1: You know, I went to a little one-day little class, and it was about... Setting a business plan and this and that and the guy's very smart, very successful business guy that that had had the class. Who is that? Um Tom Nordone. Tom
0: Nardone. Nardone.
1: That's yep. right. Um so I'm just not smart in that aspect of, of that whole planning and, and, me and both. You're yeah, me, it's just not for me. Um I have a different <laughs> approach that works for on selling my wife anyways <laughs> to go with my my ventures and my ideas um, you know we, we built the first crew up and I think we had like 120 accounts and I'm like oh hey this is simple math if we start another this crew is covering all the expenses that we've acquired if we start another crew we have a little startup expenses on that but we're gonna make more money and so on and so on you know cuz the first crew is already covering but then you start the second crew and you spread expenses out over two crews there's a little more profit you know so
0: sounds like we went to the same school of planning yeah <laughs> which is just fucking start it and just go do it yeah, yeah. You, you know, which you is not a- the best way to do it there there's a lot to be said for planning
1: i've lost know? a lot uh, yeah know, I, education I, I i've educated myself in losing you yeah. know um that's an expensive way to learn too. expensive way to learn I guess college is a pretty expensive way to learn, too, and there's still no guarantee that it's going to give you what you want at the end of it. Yeah, your $50,000 pottery lesson? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's there's no one way for learning or planning that's going to work for everybody because everybody's different and has their own different ways of thinking and learning.
0: What, do you, what, what planning things do you do differently than when you started? Let me ask it like that because it must have changed, right? Because otherwise, if it hadn't changed, you probably wouldn't be as big as you are now, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, um,
0: not to put you on the spot. Yeah. What do you and your wife do differently now, planning-wise, than you did in the beginning?
1: You know, they say write your goals down and write this down, and it's something we still don't do on a regular basis is writing our goals down and looking at them on a regular basis. And it, and I can I see how it's very um, helpful in, your, in getting to your plans and getting to your goals Dude, I would totally do that.
0: It's worth it. I just started doing it in the last year. Actually, Steve got me to do it. Um, it's hard to do because you got you got to think about it and write it down. But it, it has helped me a lot. I got a whiteboard. I wrote down what I want on it, and I write down what my goals are on it. And um, I have to tend. I tend to have to focus on a day by day basis. For whatever reason, anything longer than a week. And it just slips my mind. So any goal I have, I have to break down into something I could do every day. Otherwise, I tend to get frustrated and lost because I just want it. You know, yeah. I, just, I just want it, and how do I get it? And I just, for me, that's very frustrating. Like it's right there. I'm just gonna go get it. And a lot of things you can't do in a day. Or a week, or a year, sometimes a decade.
1: Yeah, we, we, we've we've getting we're getting a little better doing those things. My number one goal is to make sure I, I stay with my wife for the rest of my life. She's the my best friend. She's my best business partner I could ever ask for. I've known her her whole life. I've known her mom five years longer than her. Um, I love Alicia too. Yeah, she she she's my best friend. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do any of this without her. I mean,
0: we should have had her on.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> one of us has to work. Well, oh so. yeah,
0: it's not. It's the thing. The show still has to continue. There's kids there's Office work. Uh, uh, got she's phones got, ringing. Yeah,
1: dance class today with my daughter. So she's How
0: many crews are you up to now?
1: We have four two man crews, and I've tried two man crews, three man crews, four man crews, and for me, I found in the lawn industry, what's more productive is two man crews because there's only two guys out there, and you can't. You're not gonna have a guy slacking off. Because this guy is not going to carry that guy, and if he does, it's only going to be for a couple of days, and we're going to get rid of him and find someone else. Ooh, that's good. When you have a third guy, it's easy for one of them to maybe hide in a bush for an extra 10 minutes and do nothing while the other two are working. I'm not so, paying
0: for you to hide, son. Yeah. Two-man no. crews.
1: For us, it works good. Now, now, what we do is we do have some larger properties. Um, I have three lawn crews and one landscape crew. Each crew is two men. So when we have larger properties, I'll send all three crews to one large property so they can get it done quicker and get onto their smaller properties. They just team them up. No third man. The third man's dead weight, basically, right? It seems to be that way, from from my experience. And, And the company I used to work for, he runs like five or six guys on one crew. It's almost guaranteed that someone's napping in a bush somewhere during the day. Yeah, I can't stand that.
0: I will say I never did that. I couldn't... I, I figured if I wasn't working for my employer and I was getting paid that I was stealing.
1: Yeah, I was... And I knew
0: enough not to steal. I was pretty dumb and pretty green, but at least I knew enough not to steal. I didn't have to make this stealing mistake.
1: Yeah, no, and it, and it is stealing. It doesn't matter how you look at it. It is. It you is know, stealing. you get paid to do a job and you should go there and do your job to no, the best of your ability. No and, stealing. And, you know, some people, some owners will put up with a lot more than they should yeah. Well, they might not know. And that's just it, too.
0: Yeah. If you're not tracking that stuff. What what tracking do you use in your business? I, certainly there's something
1: you have to track, right? You know, I don't track my guys. I don't follow them around. I don't, you know, if I happen to be driving down the street and I see them, I stop, see how their day is going, things like that. Um,
0: no, and, I mean, like, tracking numbers-wise, do you... do? You, and, do you, uh is there a certain number of lawns they have to cut per hour and you track it? Or, or, or how does that work in the lawn business? You have to be
1: tracking something that's, to make sure you're profitable. That's something Jesse did a lot more of is that tracking. I kind of cut some of that out. Um, you know, like you can, you can um, have your guys write start and end times on a lawn. But these guys aren't stupid. I mean, they know how to fudge that stuff around and make it all look sweet at the end of the day. So I just cut it out. I, I cut that right out. And I just treat my guys the best I can, and um, we watch the crews. So, so I just kind of see how much. We do roughly 25 to 30 yards a day per crew.
0: So there is some basis to start with. Like, look, you have to get this done. Yep. And if not, they have to have a good reason, right? You, Better be a good reason.
1: You want to be that way, and that's where that's how my wife is. That's not how I am, and maybe it's because I spent years out there. And it, and it usually always is a good reason, Tire blew out. You know, traffic jam. Something. Something. Yeah. yeah, Window got broke, so they had to stop and clean the window. I mean, stuff happens. Stuff happens a lot. And if I see a lot of a lot of owners lose their cool over the stuff that happens, and they usually end up losing employees over losing their cool. So I just, hey, always remain calm. Broken window. They call me with a broken window. I said, that's all right. Shit happens. I drive out there. I ensure the customer we're going to take care of it, and I take care of it, and we move on. Um, again, I have a different approach to... Very it, different. It must be working, though. Yeah, it works for me, and I, I don't change it too much. I, the approach I use is take really good care of my guys, and I, take, I feel like I take good, such good care of them to where they don't want to steal from me.
0: And they want to work hard, and they want to keep their job.
1: Yeah, they'll go out, they'll mow a yard next door. And you won't hear of this from probably any other lawn company. So they'll mow my my lawn that I set up for them to mow, and the neighbor might come out. And they don't do it too often, that I know of anyways. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, They'll come back the next day, and there's money in their clipboard. I'm like, oh, where's this from? Oh, the neighbor came out, and we gave him a one-time cut. Oh, great. And I usually could give them half the money back. Damn.
0: It pays to make Sean money, basically, is
1: what you're telling him, you right? Gotta, you got to take good care of your guys. I, you I appreciate
0: I, any extra business that they,
1: uh, that they bring you, right? Yeah. I mean, I had a guy last week He hurt his back. I picked him up, took him home. I said, you know, what do you want to do? He says, I want to do whatever's going to be best for you. I said, I want to do whatever's going to be best for your back. Uh, you can go to the clinic and use the workman's comp. If you feel like a chiropractor is going to help you, you can go there. He said, well, yeah, I'll go ahead and do that. I hand him a couple hundred bucks. Here you go. The first, you know, visit's going to be expensive. You got some follow-up visits. And I, I gave him the money to cover his... I took care of him. Yeah. You, you, you know, he's out there working for himself That's and an for me. That's an old
0: school approach. That's back to like the 50s, 60s, 70s, and maybe a little bit of the 80s where they actually wanted to take care of their employees. And
1: Back when shit worked. Yeah. That's true. Doesn't work so well anymore. No, it doesn't. It doesn't.
0: So you're you're more of, if I take really good care of my employees, they'll take care of me. And then you just make sure that they're not taking advantage of you, basically.
1: Yeah. You know, and I I, I see them every morning. I go to the shop and I meet them, um, to, you know, go over the routes, go over. Stay in front of them. Yeah. Anything that might be uh, wrong, we talk about whatever. Point out how
0: skinny your kid looks. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's a joke. It's not a very
0: good one, but that's a joke. His kids are
1: not skinny or
0: anything like that. Well
1: fed, well fed. Yeah, uh, that's um, it's a bad joke. So we just um, we just try really hard to, uh, but you know you have to in doing that you still have to make sure you have the right person because I've spent a lot of time trying to take care of guys that just weren't the right guys to be trying to take care of. Yeah, I've done a lot of that. So yeah, it, it, it's really it's really a hands on approach. Um, and there's no one good answer I could give anybody. You know that that's going to work for them. I haven't figured it out. I I, I don't venture. Out. I just not. I just don't do it. I'm
0: yeah. not an employee kind of guy. I yeah. suck at it.
1: And that's the one things you know. As as growing this business, you know, one day maybe I'll I'll pass it on to my son. Will he be able to run it like I do? Will my guys be faithful to him like they are me? You know, Shit, is, He might run it better. He might run it better. Yeah it probably would run. He's it getting some He's advantages yeah.
0: that uh, you never had. You, yeah, yeah, you had to go learn these really expensive twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollar lessons. Uh, he might, he might even run it better.
1: Yeah, I've easily uh, lost a, probably a couple college degrees yeah. worth of uh, lessons, dude. I'm in the millions. <laughs>
0: Sometimes I get fucking depressed thinking about it, you know. I just try to remember. There's nothing you can do about yesterday. There's only something you can do today.
1: You're going to learn one way or another, and it's going to cost you one way or another. You just have to. And, and there's no one way that's right for any one person. No, I don't think there is one way. It,
0: do you have a particular way you organize your day? Um, do you tackle certain things at the beginning of the day, certain things in the middle of the end, or are you just all over?
1: <laughs> I got this crazy approach and I've got this crazy calendar and it's called Alicia Friend. She just kind of tells me what I need to do every day and I go do whatever she says and it works. That works. So she decides what you're going to do. Now I let her. Yeah. Well, yeah. she just she does all the scheduling for me. Like I know in the morning I'm going to go see my guys, give them the routes, if there's the something First
0: thing front of your guys. Yep. It's like the general and the troops
1: every morning. All right. We got stuck working this week and it was a Sunday. I was there Sunday morning. Yeah. Make sure they see
0: you suffering too, right?
1: And I I only needed three guys to come in. They came in willingly. Each of them got a 20 spot for lunch and beer after or whatever they wanted to do with it. You know, I hooked them up. Um, I like to be there just so I can see the wheels turning, um, communicate and keep in touch with my guys. I want to see what's going on in the shop, what might need repairs. Some of the repairs I still do myself. Um, I have a mechanic that will come in and do some of the things I don't feel like doing. And then my wife just schedules my all my estimates and meetings and things that I, I might need to do.
0: So basically she takes all the leads, books appointments for you. So she's like the internal sales guy answering the phones, booking appointments and you're
1: going out
0: doing, doing, she does bidding too, but she yep. schedules your bidding. Yeah. Do you do it all day or is there a certain number you do every day or just you clear the table? Uh, whatever I, I, you. I have.
1: wish I was doing it all day, but they, we do what comes in some days there's, you know, especially in the middle of the summer when it's dry here, some days there's just, there's nothing, nothing you know, yeah. I might, drive to the shop, get my guys going, um, come home and just hang out with my wife the rest of the day and do whatever needs to be done. Office work, boring shit like that. Yeah, yeah, and like, you know, before a cruise out, you you get a decent amount of calls here and there with the broken windows I was talking about, or, hey, this broke, what do you want me to do, how do you want me to handle it, you know, I'm like, hey, go grab this equipment or go up and grab this belt, or hold tight, I'll be there with this, or
0: yeah in the service industry there always something seems to be going wrong either with the people or the equipment
1: yeah so i'm like the general uh quality control i keep the customers happy when there is a problem i keep my guys going you know whenever something's breaking problem solver i have to think i have to think fast sometimes i'm on the phone with one crew with this problem and the other crew's beeping in with a totally different off the wall problem and i got to be able to get both of them back to going and and try to think for everybody.
0: Yeah, because if the, the lawnmowers aren't humming, the money ain't coming. Yeah, that's I, for sure. I, saw that I like that one. <laughs> the lawnmowers ain't humming,
1: the money, the money ain't coming. coming. I like that one. A yeah, good one trademark there. that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: that's for you. Right there, you can have that. You've done a lot for me. So, well, that's. So yeah. you break it down. So basically, like a general, then you go and do all your new leads. And then you just problem solve as the problems come up. Emphasis on customer service and keeping your guys happy and working, most importantly working.
1: Yeah, and then and, and having you know, if you're gonna get into a business with a partner, whether it's your your spouse or someone else, you wanna try to keep you wanna start I would suggest starting with them but keeping your your keeping it as separate as you can until you can really build a good solid um Relationship and foundation, and know that it's really going to go work out before, and and there's still no guarantee. But yeah, I've seen a lot of problems with partners, and luckily for me, my wife's been great. And once we bought Grass Bandits, I actually gave her majority ownership of Grass Bandits, and she just stepped it up from there. And she's been kicking butt. That's the way to do it. But I was, you know, I'm pretty confident that she's not going to take all my stuff, and we're going to live happily ever after one day. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: if not you can stay in my basement
1: yeah sounds good i know like, I, got a, I got a mattress I, that's why i'm good to everybody i know i'll always have i'll always be fine so. i'll give you a
0: soft place that'll never happen though. she'll never <laughs> let you lose yeah she yeah. got you
1: hook line and sinker i think absolutely you yeah swallowed that that's why i said my, my number one focus is to make sure she's happy and take good care of her i want to spend the rest of my life with her so we
0: well, also reinvest a lot of money back into your equipment too you're i always constantly you, yeah you're yeah. always buying new and better equipment and getting yeah. rid of old equipment and yeah, trying just to,
1: yesterday i was up talking to her Friday, I was up talking to the sales guy getting ready to set up a big purchase for next year. I'm going to buy all new walk behind, so it'll probably cost me roughly around 20 grand. Yeah. Just you have to do it though. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, bought the new riders a couple of years ago. and After next season, I'm going to replace those. Yeah, equipment does not last forever. So yeah. you
0: basically don't want too much of any equipment that breaks down. Once they start breaking down, you want to replace the equipment, right?
1: I'm just now getting to that point. The yeah. mowers, the walk behinds, I'm getting ready to replace. I still run the very first walk behind I bought 15 years ago, and I wow. bought it used, and it was at least 10 years old. So and it's 25 went, years old. I put a new motor on it, and I just I just keep them going, but. Uh, We've made a decision that it it's time to upgrade all of our walk behind uh commercial mowers. So, you know, I, I I'm going to sell 6 of them and buy 6 of them. The 6 I sell might pay for one of the new ones. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes <laughs> they're that, pretty worn out. That's a,
0: that's an investment you're going to
1: make, right? Yeah. 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 yeah gonna finance or you're going
0: to go on and put all cash down.
1: Um we're going to probably finance it. Yeah. They have like some 0 financing. I get 0% financing yeah. on that, almost everything Of course I buy. you do.
0: Yeah. Sean Friend is a talker, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't like him after five minutes, I just don't think you like people. That's all I have to say. This guy can get you to do anything. He got me doing stuff for mowing my lawn. In like three minutes, he sold me. He's like should you should have been like selling knives door to door or some shit like you would have sold the hell of We did knives.
1: work out a barter deal right at the door yeah, you did it yeah, like yeah.
0: the next day you were over yeah that's why I was talking about urgency you yep. you have an urgency and a hustle that um, I was just wondering if you're born with her you had to develop it or yeah just you just hop on you don't let go you get what you want
1: yeah I guess it just came you know and it's a funny I've, like I said I've known my wife forever and uh two years before we started dating um my grandma had passed away, and we were at the funeral, and she was living in Arizona at the time. Her and her mom came in, and I told her, Mom, I'm going to marry your daughter one day. Two years later.
0: Bold statement.
1: Two years later, we, we started dating uh, 13 years ago, July, uh, 4th of July weekend. Hey, and that's
0: how long you and I have been together. 13 years. 13
1: years. Yeah. We'll be married this December. It'll be 12 years since we've been married, and my son's 12. So I work extremely quick. So we, we started dating. Her mom kicked her out a month later. She moved in with me. And
0: let's deal the deal with a baby
1: I, right away. I'm like, hey, I want to have a kid. I'm five years older than you. I want to wait until I'm 21. I don't want to be old, so I kept at it, kept at it. And about two months later, she was pregnant, and the rest is that so we had our son, and we just drove to to the municipal building and got married. Uh, I think with our tattooed wedding wings, wedding wedding rings. I think we have about three hundred dollars into our our uh, wedding and. I did the yards and all round. that. I think we did
0: like thirty thousand dollars for our wedding. Gina would know. She would probably actually. She probably still lie about the number because I, yeah. I think we were trying to budget <laughs> eight grand, or I was, and at some point I just totally caved and like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. You go spend what you want.
1: We decided. We decided when things are good for us and and we're financially stable. We didn't want to wait till we were financially stable to have kids because I don't want to be old raising kids. I figured they can learn with me. I'm and going it's been the sort route. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll and, see how and, it goes. And we'll get remarried uh, when when, the, when we have money. Then we can invite some good friends over, which we're probably going to be planning to be in the next couple of years. So i better we're invited. Be to invited. Yeah, we're both invited. Good. Yeah. It'll be a, we, we we know how to party, so it'll be a good one. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, I went to one of your parties. Yeah. I wait till late though because uh...
1: it won't be that that kind of party but it'll still be a good one it'll be a good one yeah <laughs> it be ta- better I was
0: tapping out pretty quick I yeah like, it oh, be a better Jesus. one yeah
1: <laughs> I can't I, keep up with these kids I'm glad you left I don't drink much and I I drink way too much so I'm glad you left when you did because yeah. you didn't get to see my I ass I made it to like
0: 10.30 and everybody was just I'm like man I need to go to bed Yeah, oh, it was old.
1: raining it was a horrible one but uh, I was fine it was fun I had a good time yeah. poop was good too
0: <laughs> I had a blast ladies and gentlemen Sean Friend brassbandits.com 313-279-5370
1: Friends properties Yeah, is there
0: anything uh, is there anything you want to you want to talk about before we uh, go out? You know, I ask all my questions, maybe there's something you want to something on your mind.
1: No, you're good. No, I'm good. It's it's been fun. I had a lot of fun. Thanks you. Thanks for inviting me on. I did have a blast. Dude, I had to do this. I had to do this. I'm going to have you. Can
0: I have you on again?
1: Yeah, you can have me again, on again. I definitely like this better than uh, standing in front of a room of people like you were trying to get me to do. Oh, so yeah. This, this is this was a lot better. This is way better. I yeah. should have
0: started this a year ago at least. I, it's one, I, that's the one thing I would do different. Start this podcast a year earlier than I did. No, it's it
1: was nice. Thanks for the invitation. It's yeah, been no, fun. I'm glad I had you.
0: This is a this is a good one. I've been wanting to have this one for a long time. Let me see if I can't pair you up with someone. we got two formats. We have this kind of question and interview format and then we did the first kind of hang format with steve and joe last week and i really like how that turned out oh, that was good i thought that was good a good chemistry so
1: yeah sounds like fun yeah we'll see
0: if we can't get you paired up with someone or something like that
1: ladies and gentlemen you have to pair me up with jesse or something we got yeah that would be about. good Oh, that's a good idea.
0: Let me write that down before I forget you and Jesse. That was my my first thought, too. Was it? That's perfect. Yeah.
1: I mean, we both have a a lot to talk about. We could do the
0: retelling of this story, too, and get both perspectives. Yeah, it would be a better story. Yeah. Because
1: Jesse's story on starting the lawn company at 13 years old is great. 13, he started this company and sold it to me for... My thirteen to fourteen, and he sold it to me fifty grand when he was twenty four. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, there is
0: there's a reason. If you've listened to all seven podcasts, I've talked about children and childhood every single podcast, and that's not an accident. Some cycles have to be broken through multi generational cycles, and there's no advantage like starting young as a child. And Jesse's a perfect example of what you can accomplish when you have great business-minded parents. And you don't have to be a business person to be a great-minded business parent uh, or parents. Just don't squash your children's ambition. Don't tell them they can't do it. If you don't know how to do it, start hanging out with people who do know how to do it. That's what you did. That's what I do now. I wish I would have done that earlier. It's a way smarter thing to do. Well, in closing, thank you, Sean. Thanks for giving me the time today. Thanks again. Coming out. Go to grassbandits.com, dot com three one three two seven nine five three seven zero. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends. Give it a like. It's a free podcast. The so sharing, the likes, that really helps. And if you have any comments or suggestions, or there's questions I'm not asking my guests that you would like me to ask, let me know. Um, no ass clowns though. Okay. If you've never done anything with your life. You know, don't Just keep doing you. nothing. I don't care. Keep doing nothing. Don't fucking bother me. If you do, I'll ignore you. Go to renegadedetroit.com. Yes, I realize it's out of date. By the end of October, it will be up and running. I'm a busy man. It's a slow process. That shit costs money. I'm doing this on a shoe string budget, folks. If you're interested in the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash renegadedetroitinvestors or you can go to facebook.com forward slash Club. Also, if you want to follow me, you can go to Twitter, at Jeremy Burgess. I'll put all this in the show notes, too. And if you prefer to watch this and stream it uh, from YouTube, go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers. And actually, I want to take a, before I wrap this podcast up, I just want to take a quick moment. I found out this morning that my first employee, I don't know if you remember her. Do you remember Lynn Belair? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I found out this morning she died. Are you kidding me? No, her husband um, called oh, wow. one of our other employees, and I, apparently it's natural causes. I don't know wow. everything about it, but I do want to say I'm going to dedicate this podcast to her. She's my first employee. Also, one of the ways I found out I shouldn't be hiring employees, at least not this, at that point or even this point in my life, but <laughs> she was great. She worked really hard. She's an incredibly hard worker. She was very reliable. Very dependable, and at the end when the shit was hitting the fan on our second business, she was, she encouraged me a lot. She was very positive, and actually, we owed her money for like six months afterwards. We couldn't afford her, and we had to pay her on a payment plan to get her last month's paycheck paid. And she, she was really cool about that. I, just, her name was Lynn
1: Belair. Other than you, she was one of the first people I met at that first meeting, and she was super nice, super she helpful, was. super friendly Always to me. Positive. She didn't even know me, and she was yeah positive. She said, you know, she was. Very encouraging.
0: She was a great employee, and I just want to say, hey, she's going to be missed. Yes. And as I wrap up this podcast, I do want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need to become financially independent. I don't know what those are, but I do know there are a lot of distractions, mistakes, poisonous people, bad habits, maybe even a bad childhood.
1: That's no excuse. It's
0: no excuse, folks. Do something. I don't care if you're 15 and you're listening to this or you're 55 or 65 when you're listening to this. It's never too late. It's not too late to start. Stick with it. Don't give up. Do something every day that gets you closer to your goals, even if it's one step. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your attention. I'll catch you on the next podcast. Until then, crush it.